Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Sports Central on SEN. He's given that a good, honest thump. Oh, probably a match-winning hit. Ah, Marcus Stoinis sees Australia home. It didn't come easy. 300 to go, and the Irish horse sprints clear. State of rest, a length. Animo follows it through, and very elegant to the outside of the 200. State of rest, a neck. Animo, very elegant late. It's state of rest at the 100. Animo wearing it down. State of rest just in front of Animo. State of rest holding on. State of rest, I think, has just won for the Emerald Isle from Animo, and very elegant. Then came Mawunga, next to finish, Probabil, Dallas and Colstein, Mab, and Captamont in a thrilling cup plate. Come to the front, Trisamu, they keep it tight. It's a narrow attacking channel, McInerney on debut at the back of this one. Getting close, McInerney on debut. Full time, Australia 32, Japan 23. The Nakon will swing the cross in, and Fowler in the back of the net, and it's two for Australia. And Mary Fowler is on the score sheet yet again. Two against Ireland, one tonight. There is just something about Mary. Yes, good afternoon, folks, and welcome to another edition of Sports Central, your one-stop shop for all the sport you can possibly handle on Sunday the 24th of October. Well, our men's cricket team, um, they're off to a win at the T20 World Cup in the UAE, beating South Africa in the end by, well, five wickets. But boy, I mean, it was so, so close, wasn't it? We needed, I think, 18 runs off the final two overs um, and chasing down a very modest target. Had we have not been able to do that, well, we really would have probably had some egg on our face, but we got the win uh, thanks largely to Marcus Stoinis at the back end it did look too good, though, um, after the very first over of the match. Mitch Stark got uh, carted for 11 uh, before the Proteas lost a number of cheap wickets. Glenn Maxwell, he struck first. Uh, then Josh Hazelwood took the next two wickets. Big performance, wasn't it, from Josh? Two for 19. Um, and I think there were about 15 dot balls included, too, in his four overs. Adam Zampa also took two wickets uh, for 21 runs. Mitch Stark, um, he was our most expensive bowler. After 11 off the first over, he took two for 32. Uh, South Africa, nine for 118. And you would have thought we'd uh, we'd run that down um, easily. Maybe that was the problem. Maybe our boys thought that it was going to be a little bit uh, too easy with such a, a small target set. Uh, but, gee, it went right down to the wire. Um, and as I say, thank goodness for, um, for Stoinis. Stoining got us home in the end. And Glenn Maxwell, I mean... He's underrated, isn't he, Maxie, as a bowler, I think. Um, took the first wicket. 
Gee, that's a good ball. Um, not so keen on, on Glenn's hairdo. You might want to weigh in on discussions there too. Um, elsewhere, um, other good results for, for Australia. The Matildas have won their first game on home soil in almost 18 months. A 3-1 victory over Brazil um, at Parramatta, making it six straight wins over uh, the fellow powerhouse nation. There are about 15,000 double-vaxxed people uh, in attendance there at Combank Stadium last night. That makes it the biggest sporting crowd in Sydney uh, since lockdown ended. Of course, we had the Everest, didn't we, last weekend? Uh, goals from uh, Claire Polkinghorne and Emily Van Egmond, either side of uh, a deft header from uh, teen sensation Mary Fowler. Isn't she something? Um, so good to watch. Uh, and game two between um, the seventh-ranked Brazilians and our girls, who uh, are ranked 11th. Uh, that is on Tuesday night, back at, at Parramatta. So uh, we'll uh, we'll talk more about the Matildas. The Wallabies have held on to beat Japan 32-23 to claim their fifth successive test win uh, before their autumn tour of Europe. Well, it's called the autumn tour. It's it's our spring, but over there it is autumn. Uh, they looked to be cruising, didn't they? But a, a poor final half hour allowed Japan almost a, sna- a sniff at victory. I see coach Dave Rennie said it was a frustrating win. Uh, it may have come at a cost too. Uh, Wallaby's fullback Reese Hodge is set for scans after being forced off early with a suspected pec injury. So uh, he will travel. They they're leaving today. They may have even left already. Uh, left Japan. They'll set up camp in Brighton, I believe, for the week, um, and then leave for Edinburgh before their their test against Scotland in a couple of weeks at Murrayfield. We will also play uh, tests against England and Wales. So uh, that should be quite nice. And if you've been to Brighton before, it's a nice little seaside town. Um, no sand. It's all rocks on the beach, but still nice nonetheless. In rugby league, I see the Knights are reportedly eyeing off West Tigers halfback Luke Brooks as a potential replacement for Mitchell Pearce. We know Pearce is looking to move to the Super League, and I believe that'll all be, all be done. Uh, he'll be granted the release and take up a three-year deal. Um in the south of France. Uh, Manly, I see, are uh, looking to give um, Captain Daly Cherry Evans a, a contract extension. It's believed the Dolphins uh, might well be interested in DCE, uh, but Manly are keen for him to uh, to end his career um, at the Sea Eagles. Oh, talking about the Dolphins, too, I see in the Daily Telegraph today, um, the Sunday Telegraph, even though it says Saturday. That's a discussion for another day. Uh, the Dolphins have pulled a $5 million front of jersey sponsorship over four years at about 1.25 mil a year. That's good, isn't it? And they say um, it's new money. It's it's not cannibalizing any existing business or any other. It, it's new corporate dollars coming into to rugby league. So that is good news. And uh, that will be re- revealed, we believe, throughout the week. That's another thing we might talk about here what would the best front of jersey sponsorship for the dolphins be okay come on get creative i've got a couple of ideas i'll throw them at you um a little bit later on now we're also going to catch up with aussie marathon swimmer Lockie bruce and see how uh, he's feeling after his grueling swim yesterday from palm beach to manly uh about 25 k's all up he did it for men's uh, mental health Charity Gotcha for Life. And if you didn't hear our chat on Friday night on Higher Ground, um, there was a bit of a concern for Lockie. Um, there was a shark sighting off Narrabeen on Friday, and it wasn't a little shark. 
I am pleased to say, though, Lockie is still uh, thankfully in uh, in one piece. Um, so we'll have a chat to him and just see how, how hard it was. So no nibbles, thankfully, along the way. But what an effort. What an effort from Lockie Bruce. Plenty of drama, wasn't there, in the Cox Plate yesterday? Um, a very lengthy protest, second against first. And the longer it went, I thought it might just be upheld in favour of Craig Williams on board Animo. I did my dough backing Very Elegant, which ran third. But a few of the fellows I was with uh, were all on Animo. And I can tell you it was a very painfully long uh, half an hour or so waiting until um, that uh, was dismissed and the the protest was dismissed and, and my mates were put out of their uh, misery. Now, also today, uh, just after one o'clock, I'm going to talk to, well, he's boxing royalty, Johnny Lewis. He has taken so many Aussies to world titles over his years and, uh, well, he's come out of retirement. Not that I'd ever think he was officially retired, but he's taking the reins in the corner of Harry Garside. Yeah. He won a bronze medal at the Olympics. First medal we've had in boxing for over three decades. And Johnny Lewis is going to be in his corner. He'll be fighting on the undercard of Tim Zhu, November 17 in Sydney. And I'm looking forward very much to talking well, to one of the icons of Australian sport, some might say he's the most well-connected man in Australian sport, Johnny Lewis. He's going to give us a bit of his time today. We'll do that just after one. We'd love you to get involved with the show. As always, uh, an open invitation for you to uh, to jump on the phone and have a chat. There's space there on the open line right now, and there will be uh, during the first hour. We haven't got too much crammed into it. We'll be going through all the results from, from sports last night. And uh, chewing the fat too. The mad Russian is with me. He's slurping on his coffee over there. Um, and we will have plenty of time to, to have a chat. If you want to pick up the phone, uh, do it now. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You might have some thoughts about our men's cricket team last night. The performance. We got the money. But it would have been, uh, it would have been a bit embarrassing if we hadn't have chased down that modest target. You might have some thoughts also. Um, front of Jersey sponsor. Come on. Thinking caps on for the Dolphins. What should it be? Okay, give us a call again. The number one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Or if you want to send us a text, you can. And that number is oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. This is Sports Central. A length and a half clear from Madam Legend. Forbidden Love. Rocker clock. Ice bath to the outside. They come up the rise now. It's Vangelic and Trivier from Madam Legend. Rocker clock. Ice bath is chiming in. Forbidden Love's getting a gap. Tricky gal held up. Anybody's race here. And Ice bath's come down the middle. Ice bath moved up to take the lead from Rocker Clock, then Forbidden Love getting through, but Ice Bath come from last, and she wins the invitation beating Rocker Clock, Forbidden Love third, then came on Tribune Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you Ice Bath, so uh, that was a little, little win for me, but uh, yeah, nice. Hey, welcome again to Sports Central, uh, so much for us to, to talk about uh, right throughout how long are we here for today? Three hours or four? Four, Chris. Four? Well, we're most of the way through the first hour already, so... Yeah. Well, what did you do yesterday? I mean, so much sport on and last night. Um, but, yeah, so I was... Uh, I, went, I popped into my local pub. I only had two bets. I don't bet, really, right? Yeah. I used to like it. You yeah. had a bit of a collect. I had a fun day yesterday. But what we'll I, go, to, go you first. Well, okay. And I know, like... You know, 
I can't stand people blowing their own trumpet mm. about how much they won, right? Mm. And some people never back a loser. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what? Oh, that's I, most people. Have you got that's mates all like my that? Mates. Yeah, yeah. Never, they've never backed a loser. Never back. They should be millionaires. So what I did, I only had the two bets, right? I gambled responsibly, so um, I backed very elegant in the Cox Plate. Me too. Right? So it wasn't each way odds, obviously. So I did my dough there. And then I, wait, I only popped into the pub for an hour. Uh, my mates, right, I had half a dozen mates up there, and they don't have to work today, and they were enjoying themselves. Lubricated. Well lubricated, uh, but they were mostly talking sense. Yeah. Um, seated down. Yeah, they, they weren't overly lubricated, but they've been doing this for a while now. They they seem to get a, a spring carnival leave pass by their wives each Saturday. <laughs> and I don't want to sound sexist here, but they're all blokes. Yeah. And I was asking them, because I, I don't have one of those, right? Used to. <laughs> so how do you get the leave pass? And that's all good. They said it's a spring carnival deal. Oh. One of them, one of them said they just had to um, do two loads of washing and hang them out and bring them both in before he was cleared to come up to the pub. Others had different sort of arrangements with their their partners. Anyway, so they were all there and they were well lubricated. I popped in just for for an hour, so I got the cox plate. Then I got the invitation in. Beautiful, right? And Perfect. that way you can't get too you can't. Well, in theory, you can't do too much damage in an hour. Big, it's the two big graces. Yeah, yeah. So very elegant. And then um, I had a, a little go or a decent go each way at Ice Bar. Um, really good run. I've never been able to catch her. I've backed her. When she's lost and been beaten, well, I'm sorry because I have and I've very well done to you before. yesterday. I've oh, taken so yours. You sorry, so she was happy in. carrying you. Yep, well done. She was more than happy carrying me and a few others in the pub too. Judging by the, <laughs> the, the reaction, cheers, absolutely. <laughs> so here's the deal, right? So we had this discussion the other night, right, with the the betting machine inside the pub EBT. and the queues yes. and what do you whatever you want to call them, ATMs, EBIT, whatever they're called, right? They're definitely not ATMs, and they're not user friendly. <laughs> They're not. No, they're not. There's one of those in the other corner. Mm. And what about? Okay, what about charging me five dollars fifty to take a hundred out yeah. of the ATM? There we go. Oh, come on, this is un-Australian. It's rock. like it's like charging people for tomato sauce when they buy a Galo's pie. <laughs> Things like that are totally un-Australian. If you've got your views on that, oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. What else is un-Australian? Anyway, right. There's a rant. So we're in there having a nice time. There's a big queue at the. What do you call it? The EBT. The, the EBT. What mm. stands for? Electronic Betting Terminal. Oh, great. Right, yeah, which is really difficult to follow. Mm. So my mate there, and you know him, he's the quarterback. Oh, okay. So he's got a, uh, a betting app yep. on his phone. Mm. Are we, are we going to betting sponsor, by the way, Sports no, Central? No, we don't at the moment. Why not? We don't at the moment. That's okay. Okay. Uh, he's got his, his betting app on there. So rather than I go line up, mm. I just give him my, I'll say I'll have, yeah, I'll have so much each way on that, please. So he pockets my cash, mm. right? Now he's got the cash in the pocket because he didn't have so any cash. Got so around the it's EBT. a win for him. Yeah, very well done. And it's a win for me. However, however, I'm now in credit. Decent amount, not mm. not overly large, but so he gave me some cash and said, well, there's that and there's still more coming. more to come. I said, well, just keep that in your account. And that can be my little kitty. Oh, for when you next want week. to get on. I see. For next week. <laughs> so you give it all back. It's great if you go to the track. And, yeah. and, and our listeners will know, will attest to this too. It's great if you go to the track or you're at your pub, you're having a bet. And it's, you know, it's a spring carnival day. And you come out 
I think with just more in your pocket than you went into the pub. Yes. Oh, so it's Absolutely. covered. You, it's covered a few drinks. Yep. Maybe a burger or whatever. Yeah. And you've got and that's even. a win, isn't yeah, it? Even if you break even, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a very good day. That's a really good day, mm. isn't it? Um, so anyway, no. So I'm I'm ahead, and I've got that. I'm glad I've got a little slush fund in quarterbacks sporting um, account account for next weekend. Now you did, chose not to back ice bath because I was on ice no. bath, and you've been backing ice bath. You decided to have a little wager on the basketball. Well, I enjoy my basketball, particularly Saturday mornings because I get the day off. So I had the I had three screens going yesterday. So I had the Bulls what going because I'm a big Bulls fan. It was about ten o'clock in the morning, so nice. Oh, late so you start. can't have a brew. No, no nice coffee. You no, can. no, no. Yeah, a couple of coffees. Mm. I had the the bulls on it's one coffee, screen. By the way, the one you got bulls on one screen who've started fantastic. So they led me in my first multi, and that hit. And I went, oh, okay, that's a nice little start. Oh, okay, how le- how many legs did you put in the multi? Uh, so the first one was a four legger, and yeah. it didn't pay a big amount. Gamble was, responsibly yeah, too, gamble by the way. Responsibly didn't mm. pay a big amount, but then then the baseball, which I've had money on for a little while. Houston mm. Astros got the job done in game six, so that hit. And then the Lakers were absolutely abysmal in their game against the Suns, and I had a couple of little mm. player prop bets thrown done in there right. as well. And Did you had a very, very enjoyable day. The yes, language of love? Was the language of love talking well, to you? It was very good. Well done. So I had a good day yesterday. Well I done. Enjoyed, I enjoyed myself. Beautiful. And then we got all the Australian sport. I, I, wasn't it a great day for Australian sport? I know... We looked a bit dodgy in the T20 World Cup, and we looked a bit dodgy, mm-hmm. the Wallabies against Japan, but we had built up a lead, and you could see the Japanese were going to go hammer and tongs at us till the end of the match. And then the Matildas played well against Brazil as well. So mm-hmm. still some question marks against all three watch, teams. I didn't but, watch the yeah. rugby. I'll be honest, didn't yeah. watch the rugby. I was watching the cricket. I turned off uh, the rugby when Australia were up, I think, 21-7, wow. and looked like they were cruising. Sounds, and then the Japanese like it was, um, battled. Yeah, it sounds like it was a bit scary at the end there. I think mm. Andrew Mertens gave us a bit of a, a serve. Yeah. Um, oh, there's still question marks against that side, and I, yeah. I think it's going to be a tough. Sport so what have we won now? Six in a row. Six in a row, but now, now, yeah. now's the real test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah now yeah. we got England. Yeah. Now yeah. we got. Yeah, now yeah. we got Scotland. Yeah. Who we haven't at done Murray very Field, well against. at Murrayfield. Who we haven't done very well against in the last few years. England, Twickenham, and I'm imagining we're playing Wales in oh, Cardiff. So Bowling. I think we're playing Millennium. Wales. We're avoiding and we're avoiding Ireland. We're not playing Ireland. We're not for some reason. Mm. Don't ask me why, but uh, yeah, yeah. We'll chat about that a little later in the. We'll program. chat about that. Look, loads for us to chat about. Uh, let us know how you enjoyed yesterday. Look, I've just got, also got to say while I'm while I'm having a bit of a, a bit of a, a rant. Mm. This this look, and I'm double vaxxed. I'm all that right. All yeah. good. This face mask thing, right? <laughs> in in watering holes, mm. it doesn't work. It's yeah, it doesn't work. You know. Can you can you imagine a, a horse or a cow going down to a watering hole with a a mask on? Mm. It's, I think it's, it's not practical. It's to protect the staff more than anyone, isn't well, it? So when you're going up to the bar, if you got your mask on, I think they're they're happy with that yeah, because but that you're protects you. The what, what was that too? When you, they can't understand <laughs> what you're asking. For. Speak up. Schooner and you with a dash of lemonade, please. <laughs> Sorry, sir. I said schooner. Are you sure you want them to hear schooner that order? You. What's wrong with having a dash of lemonade and my schooner on you? Oh, Just what's wrong with that? I oh, mean, just don't worry about what yeah, people a bit think. Young for you know. Oh, don't you start the, the shandies. It's not a shandy, you <laughs> goose. <laughs> You're like my mates. They all start, they have a dig because oh yeah, you're having a shandy. It's not a shandy. I just want a tiny little squirt, right? Tiny little squirt. Do they charge you in... extra for that? No. Okay, that's good. They should charge me less, really, because it's taking up 
half an inch. The trouble is, right, and I do tell them, because there's new bar staff in all the time, particularly on big racing days, mm. I do tell them, please just put the lemonade in first. Oh, no, I know what I'm doing, sir. All right, right. Okay. You put it in last, mm. over she over goes, you go. and you stick a flake <laughs> in the top of it. Uh, most of them, uh, most of them know me. Like, you know, yeah. Hi, Chris. Yep, yep, yep. Lemonade first. Anyway, um, now, so, yeah, difficult, isn't it? So walk in and you can't, well, then you, you've got to sort of take it off so they can hear your order. Mm. Then you have a drink where you can't drink through the mask. Yeah. So it's just really problematic. Oh, I can't was wait. That to get rid of... yes... Was that a frustration yesterday? Was that a well, it's more frustrating for me. Frustration yesterday. Yeah, it's more frustrating for me because, as you know, I wear glasses. Yeah, and the, and yeah, they fog up. The foggy. So I can't see the screen. <laughs> you can't see the EBT. Well, yet alone if it's a photo finish <laughs> or if there's a protest. And what about the protest? So most of my mates are mm. on Animo. Oh yeah, they would have been. And there was another Filthy. guy who was on the on the trifecta, a bit on it too, but Animo had to win, mm. and he stood to win a lot. Mm. It wasn't a mate of mine, but there's another yeah. guy in the pub. Um, so you can imagine that half-hour wait. And there's one yeah, there's one in every crowd. So we're, we're you know, mm. waiting, waiting, yeah. you know, having having a drink, having a chat, talking rubbish, mm. as you do, blokes my age. Upheld, upheld. <laughs> oh, no, just joking, joking. <laughs> like, it's like, and you get that every... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's brilliant. It's... <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I well, tell you what, don't we speak some rubbish, Blokes after a few beers. Yeah, but that's the fun of it. Yeah. That's what you enjoy about a Saturday and getting mm. out there and, and doing all that. Can, what You've just um, highlighted something to there that was Saturday yesterday. Uh, I, I imagine like through COVID, through COVID, what has happened because, and all the working from home, and our listeners, you might be of the same opinion here. Like, Did you know some days you're not quite sure what day it is? Like, if you're not going to work Monday to Friday, and it is easy, it can happen. You sort of, what day is it? It's happened to me a few times, actually. And I know it's happened to my mum as well. She said, well, hang on. Oh, well. You don't lose track of the time. Mm. Some, now, the day after a big race meeting, you can probably wake up a little bit blurry-eyed and if you've had a win and celebrated and you might be a little bit jaded and, and not quite know what day it is. Yeah. Right? But I turn your attention, Your Honour, <laughs> to the front page of the Sunday Telegraph today. <laughs> Yes, the big heading uh, above Luke Brooks's head. Uh, Luke Brooks, uh, by the way, is uh, I believe. Well, he's been courted by a couple. Well, he's being discussed by a couple Newcastle, of clubs. Newcastle, maybe. Isn't he? Anyway, above Luke Brooks's head on the Sunday Telegraph is Sports Saturday. Now, has anyone else picked this up? Mm. I don't think they have. I think I was the first to spot it. <laughs> what was well, that I, show I, on the Hey Hey it's Saturday, which yeah, is yeah. before your time? Yeah. They had one of those, didn't they? What was that segment called? Come on, help me out, listeners. There was a segment on Hey Hate Saturday, um, and it was spotting any faux pas uh, like yes. this sort of thing. The errors. Our Typos. listeners will know, Reptile will know, or Toolman will know, yeah, what that was called. Um, anyway, uh, we're uh, inviting uh, your calls, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. We can talk sport, we can talk life, we can talk faux pas, we can talk uh, sponsorship, what should be on the Dolphins' um, front of their jersey in 2023. Roland's on the line. Good afternoon, Roland. Hey, Chris. How you going? Good, buddy. How are you? Mate, sensational till about 15 minutes ago, and you must be Nostradamus. <laughs> What's happened? Well, I just read on the internet that my club is one of those clubs potentially or theoretically courting that loser, Luke Brooks oh. from the Tigers, and I want you to go on the rant <laughs> and absolutely get him to go to the Parramatta instead. You're a Newcastle fan? 
No, I'm a Dogs fan, yeah. and the last place I want him is at, is at the Dogs. Oh, they're going for so him too. That, that's the rumour today. This is, yeah, they're going to bring so him I in. Just, I, oh, Roland. I've just read that on the net, and it's no way do we want him there. No chance. Roland, so I'll... Do I'll, whatever you can to get him at Parramatta. Okay. I'll, uh, why Parramatta? They don't want him, do they? You want him yeah, there. But I don't like Parramatta, so... Oh, Roland, Roland. Well, that's where... <laughs> Roland, that's where you and I, we're going to come unstuck. <laughs> I no, mate, I we'll gotta... still be friends. Okay. You've got to have banter in sport. All right, Roland. <laughs> All right, mate, we'll start that petition. Roland, thanks for your call, mate. Uh, we'll start that petition on Roland's behalf now. It's a no in uppercase, underlined, bold, N-O for Luke Brooks to Belmore. Uh, and please head towards Parramatta. That's what Roland wants. So I didn't know that the dogs were also um, – Courting, perhaps, Luke Brooks. Newcastle, I believe, are. Um, I do feel for Luke, uh, but, you know, he's such a maligned player, but mm. he's been there for, what, seven or eight years and, and failed to take the team as the halfback. That's one of you, you know, you are a leader and they haven't made the the, the finals while he's been wearing the number seven. Um, I see Reed Marnie is also uh, p- potentially in the sights of Canterbury. Now, I don't think Roland would mind if Reed Marnie mm. headed out to Belmore. And, and again, in the, today's uh, Sunday Telegraph, in the Sports Saturday section of today's Sunday Telegraph, uh, there's an article there that uh, Reed Marnie actually, he moved from Queensland uh, to Canterbury. Part of their development system, was living in the Bulldogs' house, et cetera, et cetera, for a few years, um, you know, in the under-18s, I think it might have been. Um, and they didn't want to cough up $1,500, Parramatta, they did a bit of a swap deal, and he went to Parramatta. And look at him now, Reed Marnie. He's one of those players off contract at the end of next season and able to negotiate in seven days' time. This is Sports Central. Feel free to give us a call, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Yes, it is coming up to half past 12. We're here until uh, 4 o'clock this afternoon, so we're taking your calls, taking your texts. We're chewing the fat. We're doing all of that. We might have a few laughs along the way and of course we'll we'll review uh, all of the sport last night uh, including the cricket including the Matildas including the Wallabies Um, and I'm throwing it out there to you as well Um, if you're the Dolphins and I see they've got a new sponsor lined up which they haven't announced as yet but five million dollars I tell you what that's that's good bickies for the new NRL club five million dollars they it's being reported in the Telegraph today a deal over four years, so 1.25 a year. And I think most Sydney clubs in here, it says um, front of jersey sponsorships are generally worth around uh, about nine or nine and a half. Um, 950,000, rather. So uh, what might be some names? Um, I can think of one. Like It's got to be. Well, it's made for it. John West. Oh, yes. Mm. What's their catch line? The best a man can get? Best a man can get. Is it, John West? You know, because they're all about responsible fishing and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, uh, get your thinking caps on. Um, I was asking a fisherman's friend, (laughs) Rocky, (laughs) on the Central Coast. He says, what about fisherman's friend? Yes, I hate those those, uh, lozenges. Not a fan? Not at all. Oh. Not at all. No way. You can keep your fisherman's friend. But I tell you what, you'd have to sell a lot of fisherman's friend packs, wouldn't you, to make up the investment to shell out a million sponsorship. So too cans of tuna, I guess. Uh, Toolman 
uh, has been in touch. Timmy, uh, keep Brooks out of the kennel. Uh, he's a dogs fan. I forgot about that, Tooley. So he doesn't want Brooks going anywhere near the kennel. God, I feel sorry for Luke Brooks. I really do. Mm. I mean, you've got to have thick skin, but that comes with it, I guess. You know, you you become a first-grade player and earn a lot of money and you're in a key position and you haven't really performed up to the standards people maybe had expected. I guess you've got to expect mm. that, haven't you? Um, and read that segment. So I was just pointing out a bit yeah. of a faux pas, a bit of a blue um, uh, a blunder in the uh, today's Sunday Telegraph where it's got the Saturday Sports Saturday section. Mm. <laughs> and on Hey Hey It's Saturday, way back when they had that that segment, didn't they? Pointing out other people's mistakes. In, in It was called, thanks, uh, Toolman, uh, Media Watch TV. Oh. Media Watch TV, That's yeah. Well before me. Popular segment it was. I used to like it on Hey Hey It's Saturday. It is well, well before you. Uh, keep those texts coming through again. Um, and Rocky again has says, Marnie to be Redcliffe's first signing. You heard it here first. Reed Marnie to be the first signing for Redcliffe Dolphins. Well, second, because technically the coach is their first oh, big yeah. signing. Uh, Rocky, thanks, mate. Yeah, okay. Well, we will see. Mm-hmm. He is a Queenslander. He's from the uh, he's from Sunshine Coast, mm-hmm. so that's his area. Uh, that's that's his neck of the woods. So keep those texts coming through. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. All right. Well, let's go around the grounds and cover some of the uh, the articles, the stories in the papers and uh, online today as well. Uh, still with rugby league. So we've been talking about it already. Um, Luke Brooks has emerged as Newcastle's lead target to replace Mitchell Pearce. And that will free up about $600,000 in the night's salary cap by releasing Pearce. But it's understood they won't release Pearce until they've got a replacement in line. Um, and he has a bit, been a little bit injury prone, Mitchell, mm. you know. I see I read yesterday... Um, Quotes from Mitchell, and I can't recall where I read them, but it 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 uh, resonated with me. He was saying that uh, he doesn't feel that he can, um, you know, uh, keep up the pace of of NRL football. Mm. His body might be at the stage. I'm pretty sure that's what what he was yeah, saying. Yeah. Um, yep. Well, if you can't play NRL, how are you going to? What sort of message is that sending to Catalan Dragons and Super League? Oh, hello. Well, I'll come over. But I can only probably give you eighty percent. But that should be enough over there because the competition's not as good as here. Well, you, I mean, you know yourself. If you go into any game of sport, sort of half-hearted effort or or attitude, yeah. that's when you do get hurt. Mm. But you do you, you know, what sort of a message. Talk about well, like like James Maloney's gone over there and he's well, he's retired. So he was a lot closer to the end of his him. career than his start. But he was one of the superstars over there for Catalans. And Finchy, I love the story Finchy says about going over there and then he comes back to Melbourne and he didn't know what had hit him. It was like he'd been hit by a freight train. In terms of the intensity? Just in the intensity. I and, get that. And the fitness and the work they yeah, do no, in I the get, pre-season. I, I get that. I get that. I know, I know, I know mm, and you know, I and we, our do. listeners know, that the NRL is poles apart yeah. in terms of that intensity and the speed of Super League. Physicality. I think the gap has widened yeah. in the past five or six years or more. It was sort of getting a bit narrower, the, the gap, you know? It, well, there was a series there sort of towards the end of the last decade and the beginning of the 2010s when the English clubs were winning 
World yeah. Cup championships well, more yeah. often than not. And I know it's a postseason yeah, yeah, thing that, and yeah. not a great judgment. But mate, that wasn't it, a level playing field because our boys, it was a bloody preseason trial match, yeah, and they'd already had two or three or four rounds into their Super League and match hardened. So yeah, I mean that was. But no, I, I think a while back when when Super League was at its prime, and I think a lot of it had to do with the, the number of imports and quota restrictions now. Uh, but the gap has widened in quality, so I understand. I understand um, that there is a gulf in terms of the intensity between the NRL and Super League. But, but, and, and I, I probably shouldn't quote unless I can actually find the quote that mm. Mitchell said. And I'm sort of paraphrasing, but it, it was along the lines of, "I don't think my my body might not be up to the rigors mm. of NRL week in week out." And I just thought, well, what a an aloof uh, message or inappropriate message to sort of be sending your future employer. Well, it's interesting in Britain as well because you've got the second competition to worry about with the the Challenge Cup. So occasionally you're playing games on quite short turnarounds, which you don't have the, as much of a problem with over here in the NRL mm. unless you've got that Thursday. And that doesn't happen very often. They generally don't schedule teams on Sunday but then back up and play on the Thursday night. Mm. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, way back when, I mean, they used to play – well, well uh, over here too, we had midweek competitions, mm. mid-season. Uh, on a Wednesday night, the Amco Cup, the National Panasonic Cup, the Tooth Cup. It's probably another one as well. I remember those games vividly. I used to go to quite a few of them as a well, maybe a 10-year-old. I remember having my me, me Parramatta Maris tracksuit on and uh, my pyjamas, my flannelette pyjamas underneath the tracksuit because I'd go straight to bed when I got home because it was quite a late night on a, school, on a school night. <laughs> Funny, isn't it? The things you remember. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is our text line. You can shoot us a text about anything. You can ask us our advice. Um, it can be about anything. Uh, more news is still on rugby league. Now, what's this with Luke Thompson? Uh, Bulldogs striking vaccine headache with Luke Thompson. This is from Danny Widler in the uh, Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, it says Luke Thompson's situation is potentially more explosive. He's been now, butting heads with the Bulldogs' management about COVID vaccination. He's told them a number of times that he does not want to be vaccinated. He didn't even want to wear a mask in Brisbane when players were required to do so after the competition was relocated to Queensland. We can almost understand that because I'm a bit anti-mask, but I do wear them. Bulldogs players were told they had to be uh, double vaccinated by the uh, start of the season training on November 1. So... Vax or no vax? No jab, no play. You know my thoughts. No jab, no play. AFL are doing it. No jab, no play. Especially when the club has laid down that policy that they're going to keep the health club and all the staff safe by having everyone vaccinated. I'm sorry. Luke Thompson, see you later. If I'm Bulldogs management, get well, out of here. We've got a, we've got a new players well, coming in from everywhere, mm. and we don't need guys that aren't going to take one for the team, even if you disagree. Well, what happens too, when, when a player, um, when a player becomes, let's say a little uh, difficult mm. over if, whatever it might be, like a Paul Vaughan mm. became, put himself in a difficult position, but he was also on 800,000, which is about the same as Luke is on. He might even be on more, more than that. So I'd be very careful. Mm. Because if the club has an opportunity to move someone on that maybe they think they, in hindsight, paid a bit too much for, mm. yes, be Spe- careful. Speaking of Paul Vaughan, you've seen the, the, the redemption story articles begin no. for him. So Friday, the, the, the article came out 
Paul Vaughan's already Good first coffee, man by the way. First, first man back at preseason training, ready yes. to go. He's gonna have the biggest season is. of his career. Look out dragons, etc. I bet he is. I love seeing those stories come around this time. I know. Talking of barbecues, <laughs> talking of barbecues, the great Johnny Lewis, yes. boxing royalty, oh, Hall of Famer. We're going to talk to Johnny oh, in about 20 minutes, half an hour, uh, 25 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Now, we we all know I mean, he's revered in, in worldwide for, for what he's done and, and, and trained so many Aussies to world titles. Mm. Fennec, Zoo. Harding, others, Billy Dib too, I'm sure. Um, he was going to a barbecue today. Is that right? And he still agreed to take well, the time out to Well, chat to us. I spoke to him yesterday. I said, Johnny, I really appreciate it. I'd love to have a chat about Harry Garside, about, mm. you know, um, have you come out of retirement? Had you ever officially retired? Mm. Um, and he said, Chris, I'll, I'm going, I'll get lunch tomorrow. I said, well, we'll do it nice and early. We're on from midday. What time do you want to come on? Anyway, I said, look, I'll call you tomorrow morning, see what your plans are. So I rang him on the way in here, and he said, look, I'll do it any time you like. I said, well, what happened to your barbecue? He said, oh, well, I'm not going. I said, why not? He said, well, it's a mate of mine, and I think his wife's away down the coast, and there's a few guys there, and uh, I don't think there's going to be much meat on the barbecue. I think there's going to be quite a bit in the esky, and I just thought, and I said, you're too smart. Yeah. You're too smart for him, Johnny. So he's... He's, he's, he's opted out, mm. opted out of the barbecue, and uh, he'll be chewing the fat with us. Mm. I'm uh, so, can I just say, Harry Garside is one of my favourite characters just around Australian sport at the moment. I yeah. think he's so interesting, so different. Lovely Great fella. personality. Yeah. Um, and just Lovely. completely goes against, you know, yep. what boxers generally are, yeah. which I find super interesting. It's so an I'm amazing, really well, it's an amazing story. Mm. Harry Garside. He's 24 years of age. He's won our first boxing Olympic medal in over 30 years. He paints his nails bright colours, depending on how he's feeling. Um, he's a plumber. He's a ballet dancer. He's got an entire right leg etched in some wonderful artwork of of other Australian boxing greats. Mm. Oh, it's a remarkable yeah. story. I don't know him, never met him, but... Johnny does. Mm. Uh, so, well, yeah, well, I'm looking Very forward good. to that as well. Um, now, uh, we're still with um, Rugby League. And I, I find this quite an interesting one too. Uh, NRL players are preparing to wear high-tech mouth guards next year that can measure the force and impact of head knocks as part of the fight against uh, long-term effects of concussion. I like this. I'm thinking Robocop. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Matrix. Do you know what I mean? We're getting real high tech. So you've got these mouth guards, high tech with sensors that can monitor the impact and how many impacts you've had per match. And log it, goes, sends the message straight to the computer bank over the season and give you a score on how many head knocks you had. And I like it. Um, the NRL's Players Association are right behind it as well. Um I like it. And those, are they going to be trialed? Hang on, I'm just trying to work out whether when they're going to um, come in. But wow, high tech, high tech stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, don't forget, talking of high tech, we're still maybe going to have the forward pass. Well, yeah, oh, the microchip I, in the well, ball. I, well, I said it just as a throwaway comment about five years ago during commentary. 
Get these bloody balls and put microchips in them when we're talking about forward passes yeah, and all that. Well ahead of your time. Hell, hell of, well ahead of my time. Loads to talk through. Lots more. We haven't even touched on the cricket as yet. We haven't really touched on the Matildas as yet. Uh, we will do that. We'll take a quick break and come back. This is Sports Central. Now. Oh, can't go there again. He's so good this month. Are oh, you joking? Thought it was a four, but Markham has got a cape on here. That is a catch and a half. Yeah, you bet it was. Uh, Hayden Markram uh, caught out uh, near the boundary. Um, he kept his balance. He, he had to get in position, sprinted for it, arms outstretched, almost body was sort of parallel to the uh, to the turf and, and took that catch. A beauty of a catch. Steve Smith uh, went for 35 off 34 balls. Uh, he was our highest run scorer last night, Steve Smith. Davey Warner, he went uh, he went a lot better than he's been going. He just sort of got started but couldn't go on. Um, he went for 14 off 15 balls. Aaron Finch, uh, a duck-faced five. Um, he got a little bit impatient, didn't he, Aaron, and really, um, really disappointed with, with himself. Mitch Marsh, 11. Um, Glenn Maxwell, 18 off 21. Matthew Wade hung around in the end there, helping... Um, Helping Stoinis, 15 off 10 was Matty Wade. And Stoinis, well, he was the man, wasn't he? Uh, we were stuffed without him, to be honest with you. It looked like we were going to win this match easily. Mm. It really did. They, uh, nine for 118 South Africa got. They were in all sorts. And I think our guys might have thought, well, you know, this is going to be going to be pretty easy. But it wasn't to be. And, yeah, we won by five wickets. That's what the score sheet says. Australia win, beat South Africa by five wickets. Mm. But it doesn't really tell the story. We needed 18 runs off the last two overs. We got Stoinis and Wade out there, and Stoney was the one uh, to do it for us. And we got them uh, with two balls to spare. Now, in contrast, if you look at England against West Indies, now, England have won this, and the score sheet will say England beat West Indies by six wickets. Australia beat South Africa by five wickets. But England actually thumped West Indies. The Windies were out for 55 runs, <laughs> and then England chased it down in the ninth over. So mm. they won by six wickets, but also with 66-odd balls to spare. That flip? What's that flip? What was that? Flip. <laughs> I'm asking, uh, I see the uh, the Dolphins have got a new uh, front of jersey sponsor yet to be unveiled. Uh, so well done to them. They say uh, in the Telegraph it's reported today it's for about $5 million over four years. And it's new money. It's, it's not from an existing um, rugby league sponsor. It's new money, we believe, flowing into the sport. So I'm throwing it out there to you listeners. Let's get creative. Get your thinking caps on. Um, some names. For the front of the jersey, what do you think it might be? This one uh, from uh, Craig, the Wild Panther. Dolphins should be sponsored by SeaWorld. Yeah, I was thinking of that one too. Not bad, SeaWorld, but that is more down on the Gold Coast, isn't it? On Southport. Um, They're a little bit further north, but uh, that's one of my... Actually, my daughter was invited to go out and she was... You know, have you been to the Dolphin show at SeaWorld? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been at the... Well, they pick a kid out of the crowd. And my daughter Matilda went down there a few years ago now and she was out there and, oh, wonderful, made a day. SeaWorld, it's one of my favourite theme parks, Mm. but keep them coming through. Um, 
what should be on the front of the Dolphins. I've got a few names here and I'll, I'll reveal them a little bit later on. Now, up next, we're going to be talking to boxing royalty, Johnny Lewis. About as a split. So it's split. Decision. To your winner from the blue yeah! Yes, well, our next guest needs little introduction. He is revered in the world of boxing, a Hall of Famer who has helped create multiple Aussie world champions, the likes of Jeff Fennick, Jeff Harding and Kostya Zhu. There's a new kid on the block named Harry Garside. That was him there winning gold at the Commonwealth Games. He won Australia's first Olympic medal in boxing in more than three decades in August. And now Harry Garside is ready to turn pro. In his corner is none other than Johnny Lewis. Johnny, thanks for joining us, mate, on Sports Central. Uh, pleasure, Chris, and nice to talk to you. Tell me, Johnny, how did how did this all come about with with Harry? Um, this young fella, I see he sort of lured you out of retirement, but you hadn't really officially retired, had you? Oh, well, I, I've never ever said I retired, but I think that... Um, um, I think I was. I was in the mode of um, uh, not watching the boxing like I had been, and uh, not that I was offered or anything like that. It was just, um, you know, I um, might have had something else that I might have w- wanted to watch, or I didn't feel like going travelling to go to a fight. But um, but it's always in your blood, and you you, you do look and see uh, how kids are going in the sport and. I, it was brought to my attention over the last oh, 12 months or so that um, we really have a pretty good crop of young boxers out there. And it, it could be, um, you know, with the COVID out of the way, we might just go to the, um, uh, maybe one of the best times we've had in Australian boxing. I'll talk about a few of those Aussies uh, in a moment with you, Johnny. You're right. We are we are riding quite a wave Um at the moment, with Harry though, I mean, he's got he's going to have you in his corner. He's got a, a very good promoter and a very good manager as well. Yeah, and in the uh, but this, um, you know, first of all, you've got a you've got young Harry, and he's um, he won the Commonwealth Games gold medal, and it was at that time when all I was uh, hearing about in the amateurs was this kid, young Harry, and. Mm. Um, and uh, when I found out that his trainer was Brian Levere, and I've been um, a good friend of Brian's for throughout our careers. We're much the same age, and um, I've got the utmost respect for him. And that when we did get to speak to um, uh, about taking Harry, um, I knew that it was the basis of it all was going to be great to work with because of Brian Levere. Um, you know, and also helping in the corner in a very big capacity is a young kid called Jason Lang, who um, his grandmother, his father, um, his uncles and so forth have always been good friends of mine. We're all products of the Erskineville Housing Commission. We all grew up there and young Jason has always been dear to me and um and also Peter Matreski Sr. is going to be working the corners with us. So mm. Harry's very fortunate to have them two as well. You say Harry at lightweight is, is made for boxing. 
What have you seen in him that, that excites you most? The thing that excites me the, the most is when we decided um, that we'd have a talk to him. And I, I suppose, um, realistically, I wasn't expecting to suddenly be in, in the uh, forefront of uh, being a trainer for him. I, um, I, I you know, just wanted to listen to him and I don't... And, and it, it was going to be something special that made me say, oh, yeah, I want to do it or whatever. And, um, look, it was only a couple of minutes. I just seen the kid is so effervescent and um, he wants it so so badly. And, you know, he, um, in the to, to win a medal of any colour in the Olympics is very, very, very hard to do, and uh, particularly in boxing. As you go through the history of it, there's not too many that have uh, won medals in of any colour in the um, Olympics over the years. And uh, this kid, you know, he, he virtually he got beat by the gold medalist, um, and uh, it just put him in a in a good place. Um, but the thing with him, you know, he's such a damn nice kid, and. Um, I was captivated by it. And, and I, when we were talking, you could see him start to get a little bit edgy and um, mm. with excitement, like, you know, the the word professional. Um, I, I think that um, every time he mentioned it, he, he, he was elated by it all. And rightly so, he, he you know, he fought for his uh, country in the amateurs and he can still do that as a pro. And, um, I hope the people do do follow Harry because he's um, very worthy of a, a good fan base. He, I think that um, I think he'll capture the imagination of the fight crowds. Um, something very very special about him. Yeah, he, he's a real talent, and I read an article where you say he's got smarts between the ears as well, which you certainly do need if you're going to go anywhere. Uh, in in the sport of boxing, but it's it's a really it's a really nice and colourful story. It really is. We've got a ballet dancer here. Uh, he paints his nails. He's a plumber by trade. Twenty uh, four year old from Victoria, and and such a, a likable character. I, I'm sure he is going to have a, a very very big following. Um, he says he's aware that he will need to adjust, Johnny. He'll need to adjust his style after coming out of the amateur league. Um, explain that a bit more for us. Oh yeah, well you know, and uh, Harry's um, right through his amateur career. Obviously, was um, he's very, very fast. He's lanky. He's got long arms, and he utilised them. And um, as I said earlier, Brian Levy would have brought out the best in him. And um, and I think he won about eight national titles coming through. And as I say, the gold medal at the Commonwealth Games, uh, bronze in the Olympics, but to sustain uh, that sort of style in the amateurs is not going to get you the the, the, the decisions. You know, they like, mm. to, they like work rate. Um, a lot of people think that Harry's got no punch, but uh, he certainly has. I, I've been right up close and personal and, and young Jason Lang's had him hitting the pads and, uh, and uh, mate, there's plenty of whack in them, I can tell you. But... Um, We'll just shorten him up a little bit and um, 
get in, 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 maybe he's an unbelievable runner. I we went the other week with a few of the uh, Mark Kyle from Maroomba Jim, the outlaw Jim. There he brought his boys. Jason brought his mm. kids from the Daceyville Police Boys Club, and they all had a good run with uh, Harry. And um, Harry was he was a great inspiration to the young kids. You know, with his um, he he ran really really good. And um, as I say, I'm really excited. I can't wait till December. Um, I think whoever they put in with him will uh, will see a little bit different Harry. But um, I think he can adjust to it. And I think that he'll be a lot better fighter pound for pound than what, what he was in the amateurs. You've trained many world champions, Johnny. Um, what's your gut tell you about Harry? How, how far can this young fella go? Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get that first fight or two or three fights under his belt, and we'll adjudicate a bit then better then. But look, I'd be very surprised if I, I honestly think that Harry can go all the way. There's, um, yeah, he excites me. Uh, I want to see a little bit more, as I say, in actual combat. And mm. um, but um, mate, his want is is so great. He he's very disciplined. And um, he knows what it's going to take to get to the top. And he's got that. You mentioned, uh, I do think he's a thinking uh, boxer, uh, which he showed. And uh, he's just got to bring that into the professional side and always be alert and always be thinking. And, um, you know, we, we should have a very, very good fighter on our hands. Well, we're all looking forward to it, Johnny, uh, seeing uh, the, the Harry Garside story unfold, you with him. So we've got some good times uh, ahead, uh, we hope. Some exciting things happening elsewhere in Australian boxing, Johnny, right now. Um, so Harry will be on the, the Tim Zoo undercard. You haven't yet got an opponent, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, I don't think there's been uh, uh, anyone that's come forward mm-hmm. as yet. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, um, as I said earlier, whoever we put in with him, um, he'll be trying hard and uh, mm. I- I'm sure he'll do the job. Well, Timmy Zui, he continues to impress Johnny. He's up against number seven uh, in the world, Japan's Takeshi uh, Inoue. Um, on paper, uh, this shapes as his, his toughest opponent yet, I would say. Undoubtedly. This uh, Japanese kid, um, a great fight at this uh, stage of Tim's career, he needs someone like this. This uh, kid can absorb uh, punches. He's got a good work rate himself, and um, he'll be, he's the best he's had to fight uh, as a professional, without doubt. This this is um, a very, very, very good fight for Tim, and I think I honestly think Tim will do the job. But he'll um, he's got a break in there with him that's uh, very, 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 very. Um, Knows the ins and outs of it all, and uh, he'll be in, in his face and letting them go. A great fight for Tim in the future. Mm. And Brock Jarvis, Johnny, he he, he won on his uh, US debut last weekend. Um, Jeff Fennick in his corner um, is a bit of a clone of Jeff, isn't he? Restyle. Um, would you like him to use that 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 lovely height and reach a bit more? Oh, you know, I think look if you look at it, he's. Um, <clears throat> when you get a fight and it's a little bit hard, they come out and they're saying this and that. But look, the thing is that um, there's one thing with that 
he went down and he got up and he won the fight. Mm. He not only won the fight, he stopped his opponent. And, um, you know, that that in itself is a pretty good effort because no matter who you are, you, you're always one punch and 10 seconds away from disaster. <laughs> but to, you know, to climb up off the canvas and then stop your opponent, that's pretty good. I, I like the work Rady does and... Um, you know he's uh, he's in good hands with Jeff, so all I can say is that um, yeah, he'll improve. I think he's fighting him again, but um, I'd, uh, I I think that um, uh, you know there's no reason why Brock can't make it neither. He's mm. he's got all the boxes ticked. Yeah, um, and another unbeaten Aussie, uh, ferocious George Cambosis, twenty-eight uh, year old. He he'll finally get to, to fight the unified uh, lightweight champ Teofimo Lopez. That's been re- rescheduled, rescheduled many times. Uh, it will now happen in New York, I think November twenty-seven. So George's nineteen and zero record, ten by KO. You've been quoted, I think, as saying you think George can upset the American superstar. Yeah, there's no doubt about it that um, his opponent is one of the best. He's unified all the belts and everything, and he's one of the best pound for pound, certainly in the top five in the world. And um, I'm a George Cambosis fan. I, I honestly think George can do it. He, George is not a big puncher, but he throws a lot. He's super, super fit, and um, wouldn't surprise me at all to see... Um, Australia Jag, another world champion, and it'll be one. If he does this, it's one of the best um, efforts from any Australian fox fighter to go overseas and 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 beat someone of this caliber and come back with three belts. He's um, mm. it's a, an almighty step forward. But truthfully, I I really like George Cambosis. I like what he's about and. Uh, I just hope that they haven't got inside his head with all these cancellations because he's been ready for all of them. And, uh, you know, you just don't know if they're suddenly feeling the pinch a bit and a bit worried about him and, uh, you know, doing a few scandalous things. But um, I think George is still strong enough mentally to put it behind him and it doesn't matter what date or what day. Whatever it is, George is going to be at his best. Mm. And he's got to be... He's got to show us a little bit more than what he has in the, in the past to win it, but I think he can do that. Mm. November 27, um, that will be his fight. Johnny, great to talk to you, mate. I appreciate you uh, taking a bit of time out. Now, uh, you obviously got very well connected in, in rugby league circles as well. Um, former Newtown Jets director, uh, trainer for the Kangaroos and, and mentor. Can I ask you, mate, on, on expansion, uh, this new Queensland club coming in in 2023, uh, the Dolphins. So we're up to 17 teams now. I know, you know, uh, clubs like Newtown uh, still going very strong, uh, albeit not in, in in NRL. But you know, there's North Sydney Bears fans out there. I'm sure saying, "Oh, gee, you know, wouldn't we still love to be in there?" What are your thoughts generally, mate, on on overall expansion of the game? Oh, mate, as simple as this: they made a gigantic mistake. There's a place called Henson Park, and you go down there every Saturday, and that should have been the side that was in the competition. Newtown, mate. Bring back Newtown. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be wonderful, mate? John, I know you were going to go to a barbecue, Johnny, today, but you were telling me you thought the esky there might be a little bit too full and not quite enough meat on the <laughs> on, on the grill, so you've decided to opt against it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't take uh, too hard decision making that one, mate. No, you're, <laughs> you're too smart for him, mate. Too smart for him, Johnny. Thanks for joining us, buddy, on Sports Central, and uh, we're very much looking forward to the uh, the story unfolding that is Harry Garside uh, with Johnny Lewis in his corner. Thanks again, champ. Thank you very much, Chris. There he is, the great Johnny Lewis. Lovely man, isn't he? Uh, Well-connected and uh, what a talent. He just has this, um, I don't know, uncanny ability to, um, when he's with you, when he was with his his world champions, Mm. uh, they just probably hang on everything that he says and and, and go out there and and fight for Johnny and just follow his instructions to a T. You can just hear the wisdom. This is what I love about this job is you get to hear from people like Johnny all the time and, and just... Yeah, yeah, soak yeah, it all yeah. in. He's a terrific chat. Yep. And well, three, interview, great interview, Chris. Thanks. Three. Well, actually, we, we got the rocked on there. I probably should give rocked uh, the rocked podcast a bit of a plug too. He actually helped me um, uh, track Johnny down. Oh, but uh, well, Johnny, right. very wise man, isn't he? Very wise. Three wise men, really, because you're pretty. You're <laughs> you got wisdom. No, no, no. You've got. Don't wisdom, go down that path. Wisdom beyond your years. You have. Mm. 23? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? No, um, yeah, thanks again to Rock to Rocked Podcast for, for helping uh, tee that up. You are listening to Sports Central. Stick around. We've got loads more to come. We're here until 4 o'clock. Keep those uh, those text messages coming through. 0457 736 736 uh, is the number. You might be a Newtown Jets fan out there. Um, yeah, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be lovely? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're they're looking um, at expansion. They obviously will bring an 18th team in there, but um, uh, sadly that won't be won't be Newtown Jets. But what a what a great man, uh, Johnny Lewis is there. I'm asking what should be the front of shirt sponsor for the Dolphins. They've signed a five million dollar deal, I believe, yet to be revealed. Um, we've had some suggestions there. Sea World. Uh, that's not a bad one. I, I was thinking, what about P&O Cruises or, Ooh, yes. or another brand Captain of Cook. Or cruise liners? Yeah, on the front of the jersey. Lo- hey? yeah. Will you be taking yeah. a cruise anytime soon? I've got... <laughs> no. <laughs> I couldn't no, say no, I would I don't think I will. Well, well, hang on. I'm only... That's for when you're about 70, isn't it? Oh, okay. So you've got, still got a few years left. I've still got a few years left before I go. <laughs> and it doesn't... No, it doesn't do it for me. I get a bit claustrophobic. I mean, I get claustrophobic with that bloody COVID mask on. So how am I going to go out? I get worried about the illnesses. When I can't see land. To to spread on cruise liners. Oh, okay. Well, we're going around uh, Chris Warren's European tour again (laughs) and uh, Middle Eastern tour. I got um, the worst bug case ever on the Nile. On the Nile? Oh, my Lord. I've never been sick. I wanted to almost just keel over and die. On the Nile, mate, it was awful. It, and I was on there for three or four days and my mates were there having a good old time and I was just both ends, both ends for four days straight on the Nile. And if you are eating your lunch, uh, Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Anyway, listen, loads more still to come. Stick around. You are listening to Sports Central. It's 19 past one. nine Australian Open titles. The world number one, Majestic, in Melbourne again. Yeah, Majestic in Melbourne again, nine titles, but uh, will he be there to defend his title? Uh, Methinks probably not. I mean, Novak's Djokovic. Um, Well, we don't know if he's Vax, so I shouldn't really call him Novak's. 
because um, he won't tell us if he's vaxxed or not. Uh, and I don't know why we don't know whether he is vaxxed or not. Mm. It's a complex one, um, but uh, visitors will not be allowed in, will they, um, if they are not double vaxxed, if I'm right in saying? Well, that's the international stance at the moment. International so. visitors. So mm. whether you're the best tennis player in the world, um, if you haven't had two jabs, um, doesn't matter. Stay on the plane. Mm. Well, don't board the plane. It'd be a real shame. <laughs> be a real shame not to have uh, the nine-time champ. Look at you go. Novak's there. Mm. Um, so I don't know. And you, why won't he tell us if he's vaxxed or not? Well, that's why like, is it such a private matter? What's the big deal? That's like the police officer walking up to you yes, after pulling it, you over and asking if you've got your license there, and you say, "Oh, I'm not going to tell you." Well, no, why, I won't why would tell you? you? Because it's a crime. Is it a crime? Yeah, well, I guess it's a crime. It's a small crime. crime to travel without your license. Mm. So I'd have to tell him. Well, but I'm not only, telling you if I've only, got my license. The only me. reason you would withhold that information, I would think, log, in a logical sense, is if you didn't have a license. Because there's no benefit to be gained by saying, I don't have a license if you do have a license. Does that make oh sense? God. <laughs> I don't know if I've got... I only had two beers yesterday. I've got a bit of a headache. And whoever's doing the front page of the uh, the Sunday Telegraph today... Mm? Cox, big, big he Cox has probably day. had a big Cox. Sorry, Cox plate day. Uh, he's probably had a big Cox plate day, and a little bit blurry uh, today. Sunday Telegraph is carrying Sports Saturday mm. across the top mast. Yeah, big Cox plate day for sure. Mm. Just a bit blurry. Sometimes I'm like that. I'm not quite sure what day it is. <laughs> anyway, look, just um, still with tennis. Ash Barty has little sympathy for anti-vax tennis players. This is uh, written by Phil Lutton, Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, World number one Ash Barty respects the decision of fellow tennis professionals to not broadcast their vaccination status, but says rules are rules when it comes to being eligible for the Australian Open. So Ash, I guess, is supporting Novak's in his right to not tell us if he's vaxxed. Oh, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Why you wouldn't get vaxxed? Or no, why, why you, you wouldn't tell people whether vax you're vaxxed or not? Status. If you're anti-vax, fine, tell us. Mm. I don't. That's that's your prerogative. It's mm. your choice. Why are you hiding that from us? Mm. Um, I don't know. Uh, Barty says she was waiting for more clarity uh, about rules and conditions at the tournament from Tennis Australia, but wasn't. Uh, but what isn't negotiable is the federal government's message that only double vaccinated travellers will be allowed in when the national border is open. So that uh, looks as if it will spell trouble for Australian Open organisers, given there are suggestions as much as or as many as 40% of the girls, the, the WTA players, and 35% of the men on the ATP tour are yet to have a COVID vaccine. Mm. Them's high numbers, aren't they? They're going to be. Uh, it's going to be a sparse Australian Open if that holds. And I'm, I'm completely for that. You and I, me in I, the main draw. That's right. Hey, quite a few qualifiers. I, I'll tell you what, I'm for it. It's going to bring out some good stories and hopefully some more youngsters. We've seen some good ones in the um, mm. on the over the last few weeks on tour. In the U.S. Open with played between a an 18 year old and a 19 year old, Layla Fernandez and oh, Emma Raducanu. They'll both of, be out here. A lot as of far new. As we know. Uh, there's a lot of new 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 names on the on the circuit, That's aren't right. they? They're rising to the top. 
Uh, our text number, if you want to get involved and join the conversation, 0457 736 736. I was uh, throwing it out there. What should be the Dolphins' front of jersey sponsor? Um, they have signed one, we believe, for $5 million. Uh, we've had quite a few. We've had SeaWorld. I came up with John West salmon mm. or tuna. Yes. You know, because responsible fishing. No. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like um, <laughs> this one, Davo, Shimano Reels. <laughs> oh, no, that's no. <laughs> How would poor old Flipper? No, no. You can't fish for dolphins. Imagine, I do a bit of beach fishing. Mm. Can you imagine? I think I think dolphins are a bit clever. Why are they so clever? How do you know they're clever? Is that just like a misnomer? How do you know they're clever? No, it's a well-known fact. What's the IQ of a dolphin? Exactly. So how do you know? Turning our attention to cricket again, and just quickly, so Namibia. Mm. They are through to the uh, the Super 12s, right, in Group 2. Quite incredible, isn't it? Quite incredible that they are through. Um, they have only, so I'm reading this article here, they've got 18 players in the country to choose from. Remarkable. 18 cricketers. Mm. They've got 18. That's superb. How many would we have? Oh. A few thousand? More. More? I reckon you'd have a couple of million to pick from in Australia. <laughs> what? Play, that include me, backyard yeah, cricket yeah, yeah, on Boxing yeah. Day. But oh, even registered, there'd be more than a million registered. Well, they've only got 18. Australia. That's incredible. That is incredible. Mm. We're going to talk to Scotty Bailey from AAP next on Sports Central. It is 29 past one. And great to have your company. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday afternoon. What are you up to? Let me know. Um, jump on the open line if you want. Um, there's plenty of text coming through as well. 0457. 736 736 is the uh, the text line. Uh, we're going to talk a, a bit of cricket now. Uh, this one, Adam from Warrywood, just finished mowing half an acre with a standard mower, uh, cracked a tin and uh, just flicked you legends on. Uh, good on you, Adam uh, from Warrywood. That uh, might be um, – I know an Adam from Warrywood. Would he be mowing half an acre this morning? Mm, don't think his lot is that big. He works here. <laughs> of and course. Uh, part of the Mowers Club on a Saturday morning. Mm. That might be the one the same. Don't know. He wouldn't have half an acre. Although, although he does do a fair bit of work, mm-hmm. wears a few hats. Uh, who knows what? He, he may have upgraded half an acre. Uh, great to have you listening, uh, Adam from uh, from Warrywood. By the way, um, we're very shortly um, going to talk a, a bit more cricket, but just before we do, um, and Scotty Bailey uh, will join us to talk cricket. I mowed my lawn yesterday, right? Mm. And it's only a, you know, it's not small, small, but it's a standard yeah. backyard. But it's on a on a, great, a pretty steep gradient, like I reckon oh, I don't know twenty degrees. Mm. And you know I've got the bung hip, right? Oh God, it's hard work. <laughs> it's really hard work. So then I went up to the pub, met my mate. And guess what? He's having a hip replacement. Oh, here we go. Dangerous. And he's a year younger than me. Oh, dangerous times, Chris. Oh, he's having like a hip resurfacing done or something like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, you don't want to, It's not about me. We don't want to talk about my, my complaints. Scotty Bailey is on the line, and we're going to talk a fair bit of cricket and a whole lot more. And Scotty does uh, a, a lot of good work with uh, AAP. Scotty, thanks for joining us, mate. How's your, how are your lawns looking? I'm actually just walking around them right now, and yeah, they need them most. <laughs> you're, you're surveying, you're surveying the garden and thinking, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. You made me think. I looked down as I was talking. And went, yeah, these are these are pretty rough. And probably need to mow them this week. Oh, so, you know, you mate. You know, you know. The longer you leave it, the harder it gets. It's like a yeah, tough conversation. Yeah. It's like a tough conversation with someone. The longer you leave it, the harder it is. Um, anyway, anyway, I'll leave that. I'll leave that to you. Let's talk some cricket. The Aussies they get a win. Um, the scoreboard will say they won by five wickets against South Africa, which sounds like a decent margin, but in actual fact, it was a, a real cliffhanger. Yeah, it was almost the most botched uh, T Twenty World Cup run chase in history. I think <laughs> New Zealand have that unfortunate you know, honour. I think it was against Sri Lanka in twenty fourteen. From memory, they failed to chase down. 120, and obviously Australia looking at 119 last night. But, yeah, it wasn't good. But I'll tell you what, it was it was a crucial result, wasn't it? Because, mm. you know, if, if they do what they should do from here, um, you know, I know, I know they were beaten by Bangladesh a couple of months ago, but that was a very different-looking team. Um, they've got Sri Lanka in their group. They play them on Friday morning, our time or Thursday night over there. If they do what they should do from here, especially after the West Indies Cup, real hiding and, and their net run rate, is down below minus three. Uh, Australia are actually in a decent spot for this tournament all of a sudden, despite the fact that their T20 form is is very poor. But yeah, they're, they're every chance of making out of the groups all of a sudden. Mm. There were some some shining lights to come out. I just wonder, you know, if we play like that. I mean, we bowled very well, but if we bat like that against you know, the, you know the likes of India, if and when we meet them, I mean, I don't know how we will. Uh, that... No chance. No, no. So. But uh, in terms of some of the, the shining lights, David Warner didn't put many runs on, but um, he's broken the shackles off, it would seem. So let's hope that that um, improves mm. even further. And um, Marcus Stoinis, um, a brilliant effort for him, uh, icing the game at the end. Especially when you consider that Marcus Stoinis has had some injury problems. I mean, that, that is Australia's biggest issue going into this World Cup is but I think of their 15-man squad, it's something like just four of them have played more than two games of cricket in the last mm. um, last couple of months. You know, most of them, have, or guys like Pat Cummins haven't played since April. David Warner's played two games going into the World Cup. and oh, Sorry, if you include the warm-up games, he's played four games for, for a total of three runs. Marcus Sloanis had battled injuries. Steve Smith was in and out of his IPL team. Um, some of the you know New South Wales-based guys and, and Victorian-based guys weren't playing. Adam Zampa was training up on Byron Bay bowling to teenagers in the nets because that's all he could do. So, you know, when you consider the build-up they've had, they're gonna, they are going to get better as the tournament progresses. Whether their batting lineup is good enough to challenge India and stuff, I think that's a mm. that's a very tough ask, and I, I don't really see any way at the moment in which that's possible. But that they're, they're probably going to be the biggest improvers as the tournament goes on. It's just a matter of how deep they can take their tournament. The other, the other real positive I thought last night was Josh Hazelwood. Obviously, mm. he's had a really good IPL, but he's really never been in the Australian T20 side on merit. You know, for a long time, like often he's been rested or he's just been overlooked. Kane Richardson was seen as the man ahead of him for this tournament. And mm. His IPL form got him in. And last night, incredibly, was the first time that Josh Hazelwood, Mitch Stark and Pat Cummins have played together in a T20 match, which is incredible to think when you consider they've been our mm. best three bowlers for the past, what are we now, five, six years? Mm. Test cricket, yeah. I mean, but then there'll be some people maybe suggesting today, is there room for for a Stark? Should, should we be maybe carrying another spinner? Ashton Agar was maybe a touch un, unlucky to miss out, but then um, then we saw what Glenn Maxwell did, and, and he's mm. probably a bit of an underrated bowler, isn't he? 
it's a similar theory they went with for part of the um, one-day World Cup over there. In, sorry, over in England in 2019, which was if you if you just bank on overs from Glenn Maxwell to do the job, then you can get away with playing um, the extra quicks. Uh, yeah, Ashton Agar's a funny one because he's been part of that team for a long time now. Like when when you look at when Australia won, I think it was four straight series in what was meant to be the lead up to the 2020 World Cup at home last year. Um, Ashton Agar was a fixture of that side, and they played with the five bowlers uh, and six bats model, whereas all of a sudden they've gone, oh, we need to bat a bit deeper, we'll bat mm. seven, and in turn we re- rely more on Glenn Maxwell, and, and they've, they've left Ashton Agar out, so I mean, Ashton Agar has every reason to feel uh, pretty disappointed about that. We're, I mean, look, Marcus Soinus was pretty adamant overnight that that side will change, and you know, it will be a bit of a horses for courses against different matchups, which is so often the case now in 2020 cricket, but yeah, it's, it's a really interesting one, because I think they, they do keep Mitch Stark in there, I can't see them playing any white ball World Cup without Mitch Stark just because he is a match winner on his day. We've, we've seen what he can do with the white ball. Um, we saw it in England in 2019 and in mm. the World Cup. He was the best performer in 2015. I know that it's a one-day format, but he just stands up in big tournaments and not, I'd be stunned if he, if he wasn't you know, in his mm. side throughout. Tim, the tool man's been on the text line again and he's saying he thinks the Aussies need two new openers. I don't think that's going to change in the near future. I think um, Warner... And Finch will stay there. I don't think there's any suggestion you know, that's going to change. And good to see Davey at least getting off the mark. Mm-hmm. And, and another guy who is known for performing in World Cups, he, he averages something like uh, 50 across all T20 well, and one-day World Cups combined. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, no performing on the big stage. Like That was a big thing that Aaron Finch was on about on on Friday night our time was that there wasn't a lot of concern about Warner. Be, you know, at least they mm-hmm. weren't admitting too much concern about Warner because... He's known for performing on the big stage. It's a big tournament for Aaron Finch. It's kind of overlooked a bit, but mm. you know, the next 18 months, we, we, you know, we do have a T20 World Cup in Australia. We also have a 50-over World Cup in India. Uh, Aaron has been pretty strong that he wants to lead the team to the 2023 50-over World Cup. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty, it's a big tournament for him in that sense, I think. No, and just because you've got the C next to your name, um, it doesn't mean you're undroppable if that's... Mm. If that's the right word. Now, what uh, England bowl the West Indies out for fifty-five? Yeah, it's, it's uh, very West Indies cricket, isn't it? They're so rocks and diamonds. Uh, and last night was very much a case of that, wasn't it? And, and as I mentioned before, it's a, it really kills their tournament because all of a sudden, you know, in in the group they're in, like if you compare the two groups, the qualifiers in in Group A are. Uh, Sri Lanka and Bangladesh, who are two you know, decent teams in their own right, who will cause upsets. And you know, there's no, you know, there's no reason why either team couldn't progress, especially Sri Lanka and uh, Bangladesh on those wickets, absolutely. And then in the other in the other group, you've got the qualifiers: uh, uh, Scotland and Namibia, and Afghanistan is also in that group. So mm. when you compare the two groups, the, the group that Australia are in is in, and West Indies and England are in, is certainly the far tougher of the two. So. I can see world where net run rate becomes very important. And being rolled for 55 and England chasing it down in less than 10 overs, it's, you know, it could. Mm. That, that's a death knell in a lot of ways because all of a sudden you probably need one extra win than whoever comes, you know, mm. whoever you're fighting for second spot with. So, yeah, it's very dark day for the West Indies, the defending champion. Oh, I'll say that again. I'm talking to Scotty Bailey, by the way, uh, from AAP. Um, just in terms of scoring too. So, um, you know, someone that might just be, you know, floating in and out of cricket around the big events and, um, you know, not 
not cricket purists, but you know, they look at the scorecard and they see Australia uh, beat South Africa by five wickets. And then they see the scorecard and England beat West Indies by six wickets. You sort of think, oh, well, they must have been quite, you know, quite similar similar games. But uh, anything but. It's a bit misleading, isn't it? Um, I, I've thought that for many years, especially especially in the um, in the twenty over, in the T twenty yeah. format, fifty over format. Like, yeah, it's sort of got, you know, there's mm. a bit both ways. Over fifty overs, you, you know, most tend to be. If, if you beat someone by eight wickets, it means you've absolutely flogged them. Mm. Nine times out of ten, you're not chasing down a total in the 49th over or 50th over with eight wickets in hand very often. Mm. But in the yeah in the T20 format, it really should be you know Australia beat South Africa with yeah. uh, what was it three balls to spare or two balls to spare or whatever it by was four, rather than by five wickets uh, and two balls to spare maybe and you know and so England beat West Indies by six wickets and 66 balls. Uh, to yeah, spare, you yeah. know, yeah, it t- tells the story. Now, what's this Namibia? Um, Scotty, uh, we, we're running a little short of time. Namibia, I'm reading this article today. They've only got 18 players to choose from in their country. Yeah, which makes it pretty remarkable what they've done, doesn't it? They've sort of been fro- uh, floating around the edges of um, World Cup qualification for a couple of decades now. They, they always are there and there and about when it comes to um, World Cup tournaments, but yeah, 18 players to pick from through their entire country. Uh, it was a pretty remarkable effort. The, mm. Their last up win, or that last win against Ireland in the well, the pool stages. I mean, they call it the pool stage. Effectively, it's the last part of qualifying for the main draw. Uh, it was pretty special, especially when you consider the resources that Ireland have. Yeah. Um, the fact they're a test playing nation now. Uh, yeah, it, it's pretty special what Namibia has been able to achieve. And to be fair, what they continue to be able to achieve in in world cricket, like Papua New Guinea, were another great story for this World Cup, and the way that um, the ICC and, and to an extent Cricket Australia or at least and Australians over there have been able to uh, build the game up uh, in, in Papua New Guinea in recent mm. years. Like people, people do deride sometimes these, you know, the minnow, so to speak, at World Cups, and it does sometimes make for some one-sided affairs. But I, I always think there's just such great stories about what they're able to achieve to get on the grand stage, and mm. yeah. You know, Regardless of how Namibia find their group, it's going to be tough for them, no doubt. But they're going to be better cricketers for this experience than what that means for mm. the T20 World Cup out here next year and their 50-over game and all that kind of stuff. It can just do well to good for them. And that is what the ICC do see uh, the T20 format as. That's why they have more mm. teams well, they'd be, the, they'd be, World Cup. They'd be stuffed if they had to field a second eleven as well. No, yeah, no. Rugby league, if just quickly on this, mate, we're running a little bit short of time. Mitchell Pierce, so what's going to happen there? Is he going to be given the release? And any truth to this uh, this story I'm reading today that they might be trying to um, attract Luke Brooks to the club? I think Mitchell Pierce, you know, is, will be granted a release. There is every chance of being granted a release if he wants to head over to France. I, I don't see Luke Brooks going to Newcastle though. The Tigers are adamant that they're they won't be releasing him, and you know, that they don't believe he wants to leave the club. And, and to be honest, just you know, put a cap on it. They they have Jackson Hastings coming to the club, but he hasn't been a regular half no. winner for five years. Uh, Adam Dewey's injured for the first half of the season. Uh, mm. Young um, young young Jock that Jock Madden, sorry, is you know that the other option is a half. He's played three NRL games and uh, is you know has barely played in the last two years due to COVID, ruining reserve grades. So. You know, maybe, I mean, the Tigers are adamant they would never release Luke Brooks. Maybe another year it could mm. be a possibility, but I don't see any way it's a possibility. This but it's looking like Pierce is gone, right? 
Yeah, I think I think there's a very strong chance he he will be heading to France. There's no doubt there's a good offer on the table for him, and it, you know it's it's security, it's good money, and it's a chance to finish his career in in mm. France. And to be honest, why wouldn't you take that, Scotty? I've got a text here just quickly. Any word on the NRL draw for 2022? When is it expected to come out? Do you know the answer to that? My my mail is it will be the first week in November. Okay. It could be November 1, which I think the Monday is, but it will be somewhere around then. Awesome. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it, Scotty. I, I really do, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Sounds great. See you, Chris. Bye. See you, buddy. This is Sports Central. 300 to go, and the Irish horse sprints clear. State of rest a length. Animo follows it through, and very elegant to the outside at the 200. State of rest a neck. Animo, very elegant late. It's state of rest at the 100. Animo wearing it down. State of rest just in front of Animo. State of rest holding on. State of rest, I think, has just won for the Emerald Isle from Animo, and very elegant. Then came Moonga. Yeah, State of Rest takes out the uh, the Cox Plate there. And, uh, well, it was about a half an hour later until the um, protest was uh, eventually dismissed. Um, so the Irish uh, trainer, Joseph O'Brien, and uh, his, his fellow, uh, his Irish hoop there, uh, John Allen, they had to survive, um, well, half an hour of, of sweating, I guess, waiting to see. Those that were on Animo, like a number of my mates were, um, the longer it went... We, we and I was sort of, I jumped on the Animo gravy train as well. I was actually going to back Animo. It was a bit too short for me. But um, the longer it went, I thought, you know what? This is this is going to be uphill for sure. Mm. And when you kept seeing replay after replay after replay, um, the other horse, the winning horse, it definitely changed course and, and shifted in. Shifted in a good metre or more. And, and Animo... Craig Williams has forced to stop with the whip, and it really lost momentum. I, I reckon, I reckon it wins for sure, Animo, if it's not checked, um, like it was. But anyway, um, it was. I mean, it, it's very. I don't say seldom races are upheld. Well, it is seldom they are upheld. But you have to have so much proof. It's almost like you know those penalty tries or the eight point tries, you know, or the penalty try rather, where the referee is convinced it's going to be a, a try. Um, I thought unlucky. Andrew Hawkins is now joining us. Now, he's a former Sky Racing analyst and editor of ANZ Bloodstock News, uh, now racing manager too at High Clare, I think. It is High Clare Racing. Um, Andrew, thanks for joining us, mate. I appreciate it. No, good to be with you. What are your thoughts on this um, with Animo? Right decision made or not? Oh, look, I mean, it was one of those things where every time you watched it back and forth, you just you just kept thinking... Oh, maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe not. I mean, look, if, if I had been a steward and I was there, I would have upheld it. Um, I think that there was enough there to say that he would have won without the interference. But uh, I think the the uh, penalty try uh, analogy is really quite good because I think it is a case where you've got to be able to prove it uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, and uh, look, I don't know whether you could prove it beyond a reasonable doubt if, if you'd got even just a sliver coast closer than perhaps you could have been able to prove it. But uh, mm. I was surprised. Racing Victoria came out yesterday and came out with quite a... Um, the, the stewards and uh, uh, the head steward, uh, Robert Cram, came out and said uh, definitively they did not believe he would have won. And I don't think you can say no. Uh, no. definitively he wouldn't have won. So um, it just adds another wrinkle to it. But personally, I, I think I would have upheld it. Mm. Uh, and and um, you don't have protests lasting that long. I can't recall a protest lasting that long in a in a 
in a Group 1 big race for, for quite some time. No. Um, I remember being on air at Sky when uh, they had the Kentucky Derby mm. uh, what 2019 when there was, a, there was an objection there. It was upheld in the end. Um, but the U.S. rules are very different, and uh, that one that one went for 22 minutes. And I remember that thinking that was as, as long as I've ever seen. And this this one went uh, almost 10 minutes longer. So uh, I think that really speaks to the gravity of the protest, and I think it speaks to the fact that there was grounds for a protest as well. Mm, no, definitely, and uh, high drama, wasn't it? Uh, on race day um, again, a big big race like a Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup, Cox Plate, um, Golden Slipper. You had the favourite withdrawn very early on race day. That was uh, high drama. Absolutely, and uh, look, it always it always causes uh, you know, causes a bit of drama, causes a bit of a bit of a sensation. And um, look, you know, it, we're lucky that it happens rarely, but those days that it does, it's uh, it really throws everything open. And, and uh, uh, look, I think the, the protest was the right way for, for yesterday to finish, given it had been such a dramatic week. Uh, you know, they started on Tuesday. They they didn't let the Japanese uh, import Kao no Teak run. Uh, they came through later in the week. The gold trip wasn't being allowed to run. Um, the, the RBL vets not passing him uh, as fit to run. Uh, Zaki coming out, and then you have a protest. I mean, it was a it was a dramatic Cox place. And uh, you know, again, yeah, these sorts of things, uh, all of them to line up in a row, especially for such a big race, is is very, very, very rare. But uh, mm. I think it adds to the drama and actually makes for, for a more exciting uh, race, especially in hindsight. Yeah, no, fair call too. Um, great lead-in then, isn't it? It's, it's a Melbourne Cup. It's on Tuesday week. It's it's only just around the corner, first Tuesday in November. What do you make of, of incentivise? I mean, any other horse doing what, what he's doing right now? And uh, I believe he, he's going to start shortest price favourite since since Farlap. That's correct. He's, uh, he's on, on track to be the uh, shortest price favourite since Farlap, which is, which is quite something. Um Look, he's the one to beat. There's no doubt about that. But uh, you've also got to remember that in the last 40 years, only one horse has carried as much weight as he's going to have to carry. Mm. Uh, and that was Maccabi Diva when she won her third cup. So it is difficult to do. And uh, this year as well, it's it's uh, more interesting because quite a few of these horses right down near the limit are going to get in. So there's going to be quite a few horses there getting a lot of weight off him. Um, whereas in previous years, because there's been so many internationals, it's really uh, limited the spread. So it's going to be a fascinating Melbourne Cup. It may not have the class of, of some previous years, but I, I just can't wait for this Melbourne Cup. It's a, it's a Melbourne Cup where there are so many different potential storylines. There's so many different horses. If you want to take on Incentivise, there are plenty of horses there that can beat him uh, if, if they get mm. circumstances uh, to suit. So um, I think the next sort of nine, ten days leading up into the, the Melbourne Cup are going to be really fascinating, and I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. I'm talking to Andrew Hawkins. He is uh, currently the racing manager at, at High Clare Racing. Hi, Clare, that's the right uh, pronunciation. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, uh, named after a UK, uh, UK organisation and place. Okay, yeah. Now, um, with the Melbourne Cup, though, and incentivised being going to be very skinny odds, I mean, I think you know, most most punters in a Melbourne Cup are very reluctant to take a short price favourite. Um, I certainly won't be. It's one of those races, isn't it, where um, in recent years uh, the, the favourite hasn't, hasn't often won. Yeah, it is a race where you need so many things to go right that uh, uh, you'd be mad to back the favourite at that price. I mean... Uh, look, you, you know, I'm sure that there'll be a lot of conjecture about incentivise. Is he is he far up? And, and mm. look, he's not far up from from what we've seen. Um, although look, his career's still young, but 
Um, I think I think it is a race where you can be be backing things at a bigger price. And the thing is, um, him being so short is going to create the market to allow you to take bigger prices about things that that shouldn't be um, anywhere near that price. Um, mm. I mean, a horse like Very Elegant coming out of yesterday, um, you know, she's going to be she's going to be close to twenty to one, and and yeah. that's the wrong price about a horse who's a nine-time Group One winner, no matter how much weight she's got to carry. Um, and and mm. there's just there's so many there that you can make a case for. Absolutely. Well, back to Sydney. Ice Bath finally gets a big race in the inaugural invitation. A good reward for for his trainer. Absolutely, and I think with Ice Bath too, it's uh, interesting. Uh, she's a mare that uh, uh, generally likes uh, wet tracks and heavy tracks, but uh, it was a really quite a firm, good three yesterday, and uh, she still managed to win. So it was really good to, to see her do it. She's she's been so close in so many big races. Um, she deserved that, and I'm sure that's not the last big race uh, win she'll have in her. Mm. She um she she got me out of a bit of trouble ice bath yesterday so that was um thank oh, you that's to, good <laughs> thank you to her and to Brad Brad Widdop the trainer there now uh Manicato on Friday uh, quickly Jonka gets some big black type with that win in a tough race wasn't it it was um look the thing with Jonka is he's a horse who's always promised so much. Um, he was favourite in a Magic Millions two-year-old classic very early on in his career, and um, he he just got absolutely uh, poleaxed. And he's never quite been the same horse, although he's shown glimpses of it at times. But he just needs a lot to go right uh, on the speed, which is what happened the other night. Um, you know, he had a couple of good horses chasing in Bella Nepotina and ingratiating. But Jonka, he deserved that. He was uh, he's always promised to win a big sprint, and and he's finally got it. And I'm sure that's not going to be the last for him either. Mm. Andrew, thanks for jumping on the line, mate. Appreciate uh, talking that and trying to wrap up all of yesterday's racing. It's not easy to do in, you know, five or ten minutes, but uh, you certainly shed a lot of light. Um, and, and thanks for joining us. Cheers, Chris. Thank you. There he is, uh, Andrew Hawkins. So he's a former Sky Racing analyst, uh, editor of ANZ Bloodstock News, and uh, now racing manager at Highclere Racing. And uh, knows his stuff, doesn't he? But, you know, incentivise. You, 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 I, I certainly cannot get on incentivise for the Melbourne Cup. Uh, when, uh, you know, at, at odds of, of what you'd be lucky to get, maybe lucky to get $2.50. Uh, um, yeah, no, 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 thank you. Keep those texts coming through. Uh, Magoo, Magoo has sent me a text oh. through. Magoo has said, Chris, uh, lovely listening to the show. Um, you said, is there a word undroppable? And Magoo is telling me, yes, there is a word undroppable. I was referring to Aaron Finch, and the fact that you've got the C next to your name doesn't mean you are undroppable. Great to uh, have you listening, Magoo. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday afternoon. It's two past two. Sticking with our, our maritime theme, uh, if if you will, uh, on Friday on Higher Ground, if you were listening, you, you might have heard an interview I did with Lockie Bruce. Who's Lockie Bruce? He's a young fella, lives on the Sydney's northern beaches, and uh, he was about to dive in at Palm Beach and swim 25 kilometres straight to Manly. He didn't know what the conditions were going to be like. It's about 500 metres, uh, 500 laps rather, of an Olympic pool, straight. And uh, well, none, of, none of us were quite sure how he would fare. I did mention to Lockie that that same day on Friday, there was a, a three-plus metre shark spotted um, off Narrabeen. He wasn't perturbed. He was going head on in. And uh, I'm pleased to say uh, Lockie Bruce is on the line. How are you, Lockie? I'm good, mate. How are you? Mate, I'm well. And uh, I should also point out that yesterday's big, big swim uh, is for Gotcha for Life, men's men's health 
and uh, wellness charity. And I know you've raised a lot of good money, good funds for Gotcha for Life, but not just that. Also, you've raised raised a lot of awareness. How was it, mate? How hard was it? Um, the winds were behind you. It was a nor'easter, so, so I guess conditions were, were pretty good, were they? Yeah, mate, they were pretty incredible, actually. We got up to um, Palm Beach at about 5.20 and still a little bit dark, and it just looked it, it looked actually incredible. It was an incredible day to, to swim and um, nice and glassy to start off with, and then as we started to get uh, more into the swim, a little bit more of a northerly um, started to turn and then started to turn nor'easter. So mm. it was incredible. It was very, very tough. I struggled. Um, I got I got to the 17K mark and yeah. I kind of hit a wall a bit. Um, I but I had I, I had a good crew around me that just allowed me to keep on going. So, so still... I'm, I'm very I'm 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 feeling pretty good right now. How is the body? It's good. It's good. It's it's, it's hurting a little bit, um, but it's not as bad as what I thought it could be. I've got I've got a lot of friends who've had it next to me, and they're hurting a little bit more than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a rubber ducky IRB next year? Yeah, so we had, um, I had two people in the IRB and then I had um, probably about four other people on boards and a few mates swimming here and there with me as well. It's quite incredible this because I, I can't get my head around it. So I do, a, I do a fair bit of ocean swimming or not, not you know, a, a mile or two, but nothing like that. And, and I should point out to our listeners too, Lockie had never swum ocean swim more than about 15K. So you were going to tag on top of that Another 10k, and and not not surprising then at the 17k mark, you you started feeling a bit fatigued. Yeah, that's exactly right. It, it's I, I noticed it. I noticed once I got to the three, I got to the three hour 45 minute mark, mm. um, which is probably probably 20 minutes longer than what I've usually swum. Um, and I wouldn't do a training session longer than that, and then that's when I started to feel it. So I'm very, very fortunate that I had some caffeine at that point Yeah. because, um, you know, you have a little bit of caffeine, it can kind of push you a little bit further. Or a little energy drink, or did you get one of your uh, coffee suppliers, like a Zuby or someone, to send it out in the rubber ducky? <laughs> <laughs> no, a good, a good old flat um, Coca-Cola is all you need. Yeah, okay, nice, nice, nice. So just on that, like replenishing food, so you, how long did it take? So this is 25K or thereabouts. How long yeah. did you think it would take and how long did it take? Um, I had numbers in my head. So as I said um, to you the other day, I wanted to kind of go 130 pace, um, which would have got me around the six hours, 15. Okay, six that's 130. So that's, that's 90 second for a 100 meter split, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so we, we finished it in, we went a lot faster than that. So we ended up going wow. uh, 115 pace. And we came in at um, five hours, 33 minutes. So I, I was very wow. surprised. I felt pretty comfortable um, the whole way, except for that little middle block. Um, and yeah, I kind of got there. I was like, oh God, we told everyone the wrong time to kind of get there. But yeah. it, uh, it, was, it was amazing. We rocked up and there was, I was seriously overwhelmed with how many people actually got around it. And I, I, I just honestly cannot believe how much money we've raised. I just, I just was not expecting it at all. That's quite incredible. So, and for those that don't really understand, you know, much, much about distance swimming. So if, for example, right, me, I'm a plotter. Okay. But if I do, let's say I do a K, I'd be, I'd be lucky to be turning on 45 seconds each sort mm -hmm. of 50. What you've done there, you've done 500 laps 
at around about the, what, 37-second mark average, something like that. Yeah, My yeah, God. averaging that, yeah. My Lord. My Lord. <laughs> mate, you better just put the A feet... lot of training's gone into it. <laughs> yeah, well done, mate. And were there many people waiting for you at Manly Beach? Oh, mate, it was it was seriously incredible. I, I coached the nippers down at um Manly just as a, just oh, as a lo- little side thing. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was honestly, you know, they, they all came out. I had a good group of friends who jumped in at North Curly just to kind of swim the, um, yeah. the last four and a half K. And it, it was it was seriously amazing. I was with two of my mates, Ollie and um, Harry, who swam a fair bit of it with me. Awesome. Um, in and out. And once we got to Kelco, I've never had such an overwhelming feeling, feeling when I've had... I've yeah. been taking a breath to either side and there's literally swimmers next to me, just my closest friends. Yeah. And we're just heading into Manly. And as we got closer and closer, the nippers started coming out and... Well, I got I got there and they made a big announcement. I, I just wasn't expecting it at all. That's awesome, isn't it? Well, it just it just it. it just shows you, Lucky, that you know you have made a difference. You you have you know built a lot of awareness, and you know um, people are are all so thrilled for you and that, that what you what you've done. Just on the conditions, so it took you would you say about five and a half hours? So that was with a good favourable sort of a northerly nor'easter. Today it's pretty pretty yucky out there with the southerlies blown up. So if you were to do the same swim today. How long would it take, you reckon? Uh, I, I reckon it would have taken... I, I reckon you would have added another 45 minutes on. Mm. God. R- r- roughly, maybe even an hour. It, it really depends. Like We were very, very lucky to have the conditions that we did. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it could blow out. I, I know people who have done it who are very good swimmers and they've done it in eight hours. Um, yeah. just purely because of the conditions. Oh, mate, you're a freak. You must have been really motoring. Um, so well done to you, mate, uh, and, and, and thanks for, for Thank joining you. us. Hey, um, we were, I was sort of half by joking, and I didn't mean to scare you on Friday night when I said there was a shark <laughs> spotted off North Narrabeen, but there was, and I thought it was it would be my... I know there was. <laughs> yeah, it would be my duty, duty of care because you know, I'm a lifesaver too, and I thought I should point it out to you, but you already knew. Did you see any creatures out there? Well, it was very interesting. Well, I, I didn't see any any sharks, but we swam straight through a bait ball. Oh um, no! Which was yeah, it was it was pretty pretty intense. So the boys who were on the on the oh. boards just kind of you know surrounded us. Um, they say we, that's not well, a very, actually, not a wise thing to do, you know. No, it's not a wise thing, but you kind of got to do. If you're heading straight <laughs> towards Longy, you want to make sure that you're staying in a direct line. So <laughs> that's that's what we did. Um, I think I think actually I stopped for a. For a drink, so I was stopping every half an hour to get fluids yeah. in, and I took my goggles off, and everyone was saying that my my left eye had um, blown up, and mm. for for about two hours I had a leak in my goggles, and oh. we swam through a lot of algae, so I'm not sure if that's impacted um, my eye. It, it's all good now, but it was like fully closing over and everything. Oh wow! Well, mate, if you're swimming through bait balls. You're right. They, you know, you don't want to be the bait yourself, so it might be a good thing you can't see what what's coming if there's a, a big fin in the vicinity. That's exactly right. <laughs> just on uh, got you for life, Lockie. So just to tell our listeners again how you got involved, why you got in, involved. Um, I, I guess on a personal level, I've gone through some um, stuff mentally. I've seen some very very close family members and um, very very close friends who have. Uh, attempted suicide or at least been in really, really bad situations and just been stuck in life. And um, I met Gus Wallen a couple of years ago and we had a chat and it, it 
although although it didn't really eventuate too much over over this period of time, I've started to kind of go, oh, you know what, my my, my perspective on life has changed. I would love to help people do that. And I know Gus obviously had got you for life, and you know their their values really aligned with what I believe in, and it's really just talking, it's really communicating with one another. And I was with Gus yesterday at the end of it, and as I said, I was very very overwhelmed and. We had a good little chat, and it, it just it just reiterated how important um, not necessarily the money is, but just the awareness. Like I wasn't expecting how many people came out to it, and you know I've I've, I've had I've had uh, kid parents that I um, coach, kids, kids that I coach their parents message me and just go like, oh my god, like my son's just opened up to me about mm-hmm. just just little things that have happened at school purely because all I did was just do a swim, wow. you know, mm-hmm. and. I, th- I think that for Gotcha for Life is exactly what Gus as the founder wants. It's just, it's just purely people to talk, have someone who that they can go to mm. to discuss their feelings. Um, and if I have to swim crazy lengths to, to at least promote it a little bit, then I'll, then I'll definitely do that. Oh, well done you, mate. You're, you're a true ambassador for Gotcha for Life. You're an inspiration and uh, you are a true champion, Lockie Bruce. Well done. Take a bow, put your feet up, and thanks for joining us on SEN 1170. Thank you so much. Coming up to 24 minutes past two. We're here until four o'clock. Uh, get involved with the show if you want to pick up the uh, the Al Capone and give us an SG ball. Uh, well, get off your pain horse and do so. Oh uh, four five seven seven three six seven three six is the text line. If you want to give us a call, uh, well, you're welcome to pick up the phone now. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy one three hundred. 1170 Round the grounds we go. The women's big bash cricket and uh, the Sydney Sixers are playing uh, the Melbourne Renegades. And so the Sixers are batting first. Three for 55 off 12. Uh, three for 55 off 12. Elise Perry, 22 off 31. Um, and Bolton. What's Bolton's first name? Oh, yeah. Got me, yeah. Got me too. Um, I think it's Elise too. No, you, you will confirm that. Or maybe an Alex. Might even be you. Um, keep those texts coming through. I was asking out there, a bit of a joke, really. Um, the, Nicole. Nicole. There you go. I knew it was Nicole. Um, a front of shirt sponsor for the new NRL club, the Dolphins. We've come up with quite a few. Uh, Big G sent through, McDonald's fillet of fish, Bird's Eye, BCF. I said John West or maybe a P&O Cruises. Someone else in here has said um, SeaWorld. Willow from Windsor says it should be ever-ready dolphin torches. Very good. I like that, Willow. Good one. Thinking man. Uh, we had another one, uh, Shimano Reels, but we thought that <laughs> might not be no. too because no one wants to hook a dolphin. No. And I do a bit of beach fishing. Mm. I've brought in a few little sharks yep. and heaps of stingrays, mm. um, but never. What would happen? Do you cut the line on the stingrays? Yeah, yeah. If, pretty dangerous. No, if I can get it out. Oh right. If you can get it out. Mm. Same with anything. If I can get it out, I get it out. But yeah. if it's if it's um gonna cause the the fish or the ray. Yeah. Is a ray a fish? That's if it's gonna cause the maritime creature, the marine creature, mm. distress, I'll cut the line because mm. the hook will come out eventually. You yeah. know. Uh yeah, uh what else have we got there? So uh, keep them up. Fisherman's friend, that was from Rocco. Fisherman's friend, the most um, distasteful, awful um, throat lozenge ever, <laughs> ever invented. Oh, tell us what you really think. There you go. There you go. So, um, what else are we going to do? We're going to talk a bit of football, were we? A bit of football or 
in, in terms of football, just again, back on the Matildas last night, 3-1, that victory over Brazil. So they play again on Tuesday back at, can I call it Parramatta Stadium? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, you no can I won't. Call it, you can call it Parramatta Stadium. No, it's Absolutely. not. Absolutely. But it is. The sponsor's tipping in big coin, and it's our duty, I think, as media, a media outlet to give the sponsor oh. a little back. Combank Stadium. It was Bank West. It was Parramatta Stadium. Oh, so it's the same owner. It was anyway. Pertex Stadium. It's the same owner anyway. The government? No, Combank and Bank West. Oh, are they? They're the same umbrella. Are they? Yes. They, oh. So they're still it's the same company tipping well, I didn't in the money. that. Yes. See, you're far too intelligent for a man of your <laughs> tender years. Um, yeah, but on football too. So MacArthur Bulls, right? Or, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, MacArthur Bulls. Yeah, so. What do you think of this idea? What do you think of this idea? But Campbelltown Stadium is one of their – they're playing all their games there. Yeah, so they're the sole permanent sole tenant. tenant at well, the moment okay. down at Campbelltown Stadium. Right. So we see in today's paper there's an article uh, – oh, it's in the Telegraph, the Sunday Telegraph, uh, in the Saturday sports section of the Sunday Telegraph, uh, if you haven't spotted that, uh, that blooper today. Um, there's about uh, – Dominic Perrottet um, suggesting that all um, suburban grounds will be funding for, for a revamp. And this has been under Peter Vlandes, and he's pushing for that as well. We already know there's quite a bit of development going on uh, at Manly, Brookvale, Cronulla as well, and, and elsewhere. Um, Daniel from Prairie Wood has, has sent us a text here, if I can open it up. Chris, regarding uh, the Premier backing Peter Vlandes' call for new suburban stadiums, I'm dumbfounded that Campbelltown is not in the conversation. The MacArthur region is burgeoning with, I do like that word, burgeoning. Um, the MacArthur region is uh, burgeoning. And now I've lost my spot on this. With a forecast population of 600,000 residents by 2031. With existing infrastructure, including a rail line, um, access to motorways and major arteries, it's a no-brainer. And could see both the West Tigers and the MacArthur Bulls as full-time tenants at a redeveloped Campbelltown Sports Stadium. Thank you for that text, Daniel, from Prairiewood. Well, I don't think West Tigers would um, particularly like to be a full-time tenant at Campbelltown. The Magpies would. Um, but what about those that are from the Tigers' side of the deal? I don't think they'd want to be playing all their games out there at Campbelltown. And re-Campbelltown Stadium, too. I mean, and I know a bit about Campbelltown. I used to go there f- uh, for four years in a row, six days a week. Mm. Um, when was it redeveloped? I mean, I didn't know that it was that dilapidated that it needed uh, an upgrade. Oh, I mean, it was never a picturesque no, stadium, it, was I, it? I, yeah, but I don't think it needs to be torn down and, and rebuilt. Um, it's got some pretty a great grandstand. I tell you, what, when I was playing out there in the, the early 90s, my goodness, if you could compare what they've got now to what we had. Oh. Yeah. We had a couple of... We had one grandstand on the western side where the main grandstand is now, but it was nowhere near as big as the current one. And then over the other side, we had these sort of demountable, portable type, um, oh, I don't know, um, grand. they weren't grandstands, they were just slats of wood. <laughs> like you might see at an old um, athletics oval well, or something. It's not much different to that. And that now. was the Barbecue Bob stand. All oh, right. The Barbecue. Who was Barbecue Bob? Barbecue Bob was one of our uh, good friend of the club. He was at every training session and uh, he was a, he'd help out. There's nothing he couldn't do. Mm. 
nothing he couldn't do. Carry bags, be kit man, mas- massage, barbecues, the works. You know one of those guys? Mm. Great soul. Um, but, my goodness, what, what we had back then to, to what is there now, you, you can't compare the two. But I don't know. Um, do you think Campbelltown – I tell you one thing, too. When West Tigers do play at Campbelltown Stadium, and West Tigers fans don't take this the wrong way, they don't generally draw much of no, a crowd. and that's the problem. When you're averaging a crowd out there of around the five or 6,000 mark, it's very hard to go to the Premier and say, listen, mm. tip in a 10 or 20 mil, we, and we will upgrade this place. Do you think really you're going to have a, a better facility than the fans will come if you build it? They will come. Growing I part of Sydney. But there's only the other thing is there's only one major tenant in there at the moment. They're an A-League club that aren't drawing mm. the fans they would like to be. It's a club that was put there with a look at that sort of growth of 600,000, I think, our text to I'd like quoted. to see some funds poured into Campbelltown Absolutely. Stadium. You know, it, needs, it needs a bit of TLC, mm. doesn't it? But my point is, you know, until you can get – until you can get crowds of a decent level, I yeah. mean, it's, it's hard to go cap in hand to the, the government for more funding. Mm. I just wish West Tigers fans would really get behind yeah. Campbelltown Stadium because the, the attendance out there, it's not good enough. Mm. It really is not. When I say, do you think you will get more fans coming through the gates if the facilities are better, I think there are arguments for that, yeah, where that, yeah. that argument holds up at certain venues. For example, Brookvale. It is just diabolical. If it's raining, you don't go. It's needed a uh, redevelopment for, since for quite the some 80s. time. Yeah, <laughs> that's a stadium where, if it's raining, mm. you know, unless you're a um, cashed up. Yeah, what's unless the word? I'm, love. Yeah, no, um, sucker for punishment. What's the word I'm I'm looking for here? A sadist. Masochistic. Yeah, a masochist. <laughs> Not inflicting pain on others. That's what a sadist yeah. would oh, do. Yeah. If you were inflicting pain on yourself. Yes. Masochists, manly masochists. <laughs> they would go when it's pouring rain and sit on that hill and, and not have ponchos. a very not have and the ponchos. And not really have a very nice time. But Manly Brookvale, I think, is one oval or one venue rather. But another venue with only one permanent tenant. I think that's a problem in Australian sport because we well, have who else are you gonna play there. Oh no, they've got about a thousand other tenants. They've got four legs and they do turds on the on the <laughs> on the pitch. <laughs> and that's a story for another time. How can we have an NRL club, yeah, an NRL club, right, but dogs are allowed out there and to do their poo-poos? Are you with me, listeners? Are you with me? Yeah. I'm, and I love dogs, right? Mm. I love dog parks. I love dogs. Don't particularly like my pl- dog. There but... are plenty of green spaces around Brookvale. I know. So why are they coming on and doing their bits, <laughs> you know? On, on Tommy Turbo's turf, and Tommy's mm. got to dodge these landmines on the way to the try line. It's not on. That, but that's a story for another day, isn't it? Uh, but Brookvale Oval, it is. It's great to see, and that is one venue. On a serious note, Becky, I think Brookvale is one venue where mm. improved facilities will actually translate into increased attendance. One thing on Campbelltown Stadium before we go to the break. Yes, have you heard the MacArthur Bulls? Proposal to Campbelltown City Council this week. No. So they've got the cowbells that the fans ring, and it, as Alex Brosk was saying during the week, it's, like the it's one very they annoying. Used, to use down at Olympic Park, yeah, it's Melbourne. V- it's very annoying if you're an opposition player or oh, fan, and you yeah. just hear the bells going the whole time. It really is a pain. So they want a, a giant um, mm. bell mounted on the hill 
up at Campbell Town Stadium so the fans mm. can go up and knock mm. it during I like games. It. I think it's terrific. Yeah. And they're ideas, people. We're ideas men here on, on higher ground and Sports Central. And we're asking, are, are dolphins fish? Can I ask you this one too? Mm-hmm. For MacArthur Bulls. Yeah. Do Bulls moo? Sort on Catelyn Cord. Or is it going to be Catelyn? It is Catelyn. And Sam Kerr is there across the face. And there is Claire Polkinghorn to jab it over the line and put the Matildas in front. He's off just for the moment. And Van Egmont will swing the cross in. And Fowler in the back of the net. And it's two for Australia. And Mary Fowler is on the score sheet yet again. Two against Ireland. One tonight. There is just something about Mary. I do like that line. Something about Mary. Good flick as well. So there they are. 3-1. Uh, a good win for Matildas uh, over Brazil. And they play again on on Tuesday night out there at uh, Combank Stadium mm. slash Bankwest Stadium slash Pertec Stadium slash Parramatta Stadium slash Cumberland Oval. <laughs> well, not really. That was on a different patch, wasn't it? Sort of shifted over a bit further. Or was it the same patch? I'm not quite sure anyway. Uh, what did you make of the, the game overall? Because uh, Mad Russian, oh, by the way, before I ask you your thoughts on yes. that game, um, the bloke that knows has been in touch. Is that, that right? His name's Magoo. Right. And his nickname for for our show, for mm. SEN now, 1170, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to give Magoo to, across to all programs. Okay. To Matty White, to Vossie. Yeah, beautiful. To Joel and Fletch, all, all the boys can use this guy, the, the bloke that knows, because he knows stuff. He sent the text in, uh, Chris uh, Stingray's R fish. They're related to sharks. What? Really? Well, I, I wouldn't have Magoo. that. That's from Magoo. He's the bloke that knows. Okay. okay. Uh, so we'll, I'll give you Magoo's. Please. Yeah, he can be SEN 1170's friend. Yeah. When we're not sure about something. Go to Magoo. Go to Magoo. I like it. Go to Magoo. Back on the soccer then, your general impression then of the performance. Um, A rating at- out of 10. Probably an eight. Mm, that's came good. out, yeah. Came out firing the first half. Really got on top, which is what they needed after what's been sort of a, I don't know. The Olympics felt a little bit of a a false dawn, if you know what I mean. Mm. They played well without beating any of the big nations. Mm. Um, had trouble against Sweden, who were one of the leading teams in the world, and that extra time win against Great Britain put the gloss on what was a series of fairly average performances. Mm. So last night against a team that are that have been world class in the past and to really for them not to trouble us whatsoever was a, a really good result. Full strength side all back together on home soil for the first time in 2 years it all came together for what was quite a spectacular night. What do you make of the new, well, I can't really call him a new coach now. He's been there for a while, he's Tony Gustafsson, yeah, but that's his first win, yeah. first win on, on well, our home first, soil. First time he's been to Australia. Yes. So what's his background? So he was with the very successful United States national team. Oh. Um, he's a Swede by background. So Who's their goalkeeper, by the way? Who? The Swedish goalkeeper? United States. Oh, Hope Solo, the that, old goalkeeper. That's right. Yes, yes. yes. She anyway, was around sorry, for a very long digress. time. Yes. No, that's all right. Mm. Um, you know what so I mean? Tony's, Tony's been around the traps. She was a very, very good player. Yes, she Hope. was a very good goalkeeper. No relation to Han Solo. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Tony, Tony's been around the traps, worked under Jill Ellis, who's basically the best coach in women's football history, mm. took the U.S. to a World Cup in 2015. Um yeah, so he's been around and he brings a level of professionalism that we haven't really had in mm. Australian football 
before. We've had all this, you know, uh, hoo-ha or not. I don't want to trivialise it. Mm. Um, read the investigation into abuse and grooming mm. and all that sort of stuff. And it's been going on for a while now. It didn't seem to, I mean, doesn't seem to have affected the girls in terms of their performance. They, they looked sprightly. They, yeah. they gelled. Um, so I don't know if it, if it was a distraction. Obviously, it has thrown a bit of a cloud over the whole organisation. But they got out there and they played football. That's right. And I think that was the key to it. The fact they've been in a bubble out west. They haven't been able to leave that bubble. So it's really been them themselves and each other all week. Mm. And I think that's helped. They've done it very select media appearances. So they haven't done, none of the players have done any press conferences. Tony's done one. It was online. So they haven't really had to face probably the question. He's quite exuberant, isn't he? Oh, uh, he is, Tony. He mm. got the whiteboard out and was drawing donuts. And, onions, I thought uh, they and were. onions. Was it? And it was, oh, it was a superb press conference. <laughs> I have to get the footage out and show you. But um, yeah, it was... I think the fact that they've been in that bubble has helped. Yeah, yeah. Um, back back onto the the game itself, conceding just the one goal. Ropey. Mm? It was ropey. Mm. Alana Kennedy, who hasn't started a lot of games, back in the side in a back four, which has been something that's been talked about, whether we could play with five or four defenders. Mm. It's a big question in football, Chris, whether you play Park with the bus. four or five defenders. So Tony's played with five up mm. to this point. Last night was the first... Time we've seen him play with four at the back, and it looked good for half the game. And then in the second half, Brazil started to come back into it, and Kennedy made a bad individual error for the Brazilian goal that got them back to 2-1. Um, she's been under a little bit of pressure. Hasn't gone quite the way she wanted moving over in Europe. Um, and we're a bit skint on central defenders at the moment. So we need her I'm form to be, too. Well, We need her form to be good. Um, and that defence still hasn't looked mm. as I would like it to. Okay. Let's put it that well, way. Why don't you get in touch with Tony Gustafsson? Just give him a bit of feedback. Well, you know how important – that's across all sports how important defence is, Chris. It that's, is. It wins it's trophies. not just something that goes around the ground. No. no. Right. Uh, Channel 10's coverage, how was that? So that's that's this is the first time they've um, broadcast, is it? Part a of the international, international. Home yeah. International. How so, was it? I enjoyed it. I'm biased because two people I – Work with her on the coverage. Simon was calling the game last night. Yes. Host of the global game here. Something about Alex Mary. Brosk. Simon Hill. Well, Broski wasn't there last night, but he's part of that team as well. No, mm. I thought it was well put together. And, you know, obviously there was a bit of few complaints about the coverage Fox provided towards the end of their deal. So mm. it's good to have a broadcaster that's committed to the game and mm. um, obviously looking to pour finance into it. Georgia was great with Simon last night on the, on the commentary. Um, we had Adam... Peacock and Leah Blaney calling it for us as well last night, and they'll be calling again on Tuesday night as I well. I that's so, the same Adam from Worrywood who was mowing his mowing half his acre. Lawn. Half mm. acre. It'd be a, well, it'd be I if that's the same coincidence. One. I don't Wouldn't think it, it is. I don't, well, it might be. No. I didn't. Yeah, all right. So uh, Brazil again on Tuesday. Quick turnaround then. Will that Was that their full-strength team, Brazil? Uh, so it was Brazil's full-strength team. They've brought out basically all their stars and that they've got left. And we played a full-strength side yep. as well, which was credit to Tony. I think we'll see a bit of rotation on Tuesday night. We saw a couple of youngsters make debuts. Remy Simpson, who's at Sydney FC, has been scoring goals for fun in the W League um, and a couple of others as well. So I think they might get a few more minutes and you'll see players like Ellie Carpenter and mm. Sam Kerr rested mm. um, just to have them nice and fresh for when they return to their clubs in mm. Europe. 
All right. Well, still with uh, with soccer, we've got other bit of other news about. Yes. We might as well kill it now while we're, we're yeah. talking um, the round ball game. And I see the A-Leagues are set to receive... Uh, this article here says a game-changing payday by selling a stake of the competition to an American private equity firm for $130 million in what will be the biggest single injection of cash into Australian club football. The Sun-Herald and Sunday Age can reveal the Australian Professional Leagues, uh, that's the new owners and operators of the A-League men and A-League women, uh, in the advanced stages of talks to sell a significant stake of the competition it's a US-based firm, Silver Lake. So this mob, with loads of cash, going to throw 130 large mm. into Australian football um, as an equity partner, hoping, I, I guess, yes. for a return on their investment. But isn't this a sport that's been struggling to even wash it's, its own face? It has been so a little why bit would of a I want to throw, Why would they want to throw $130 million into something that's not money-making. Because of what the league was 10 years ago. Mm. And they see that potential. And when Western Sydney were bought in, we saw all those um, colourful derbies between Sydney FC and Western Sydney Wanderers. And players like Alessandro Del Piero sure. were coming out. It was and on Harry a different Kill level, wasn't it? had come back. And Tim Cahill had come back as well. So the competition was thriving. That's obviously not been the case for the last five years or so. Um, been struggling times. And COVID hasn't helped that case at all either. And I guess with the restructuring too now, and it's it, it's a whole change in, in structure at the top, isn't it? Yes. In terms of it's pretty independent yeah, now. That's They're right. hoping that will then yield, uh, bring the A-League back to what it was, the, the which F- probably would have been turning a profit back then. That's right. And the FA have admitted that their focus went away from the local league when they went to bid for the World Cup in 2022 that's coming up in Qatar. Obviously lost oh, that bid. It was much a complete disaster. Us? Too much. 40? Um, for one vote. Yes. Um, it was a complete disaster. Oh. And that's where the, the fall started. And mm. for big re- good reason, the clubs wanted to be independent from that mismanagement. We've got mm. big investors in football in Australia at the moment, like uh, the City Group, who own Manchester City, are the owners of Mel- Melbourne City as well. David mm. Tradovenko has poured a lot of money into Sydney FC. Melbourne Victory have got quite wealthy owners as well. Um, even Western Sydney Wanderers. So... Those big clubs were very, very keen to get away from the the umbrella of the FFA and be run more like you see in England with the Premier League separately mm. to the the national FA. Mm. So we'll watch this space. One hundred and thirty mm. million. Uh, we'll take that. Uh, Dan from Prairiewood's been back yes. in touch. Keep those texts coming through. By the way, it's coming up to eleven to three. This is Sports Central with me, Chris Warren, and him, the Mad Russian, uh, Chris Campbelltown. I was asking when did Campbelltown get revamped. Um, I played there, I finished playing there in 93, and uh, I could tell you it was in desperate need of uh, some pennies being uh, spent on it. Campbelltown received a 20 million redevelopment grant at the end of 1998. Um, Well, not not a grant, but it was redeveloped for $20 million, which built the Eastern Grandstand, but it lacks corporate facilities, which Mm. makes it not commercially viable for West Tigers to play there. A uh, problem with crowd attendance. I was just saying they, they really struggle to get, get bums on seats there. Uh, he's saying that West Tigers have neglected the region. There's no base there or presence in the area. They only turn up three times a year and play um, out-of-town teams. West Tigers are on the nose in the local community out there, the Campbelltown area. Um, if you give West Tigers a reason to commit, so too will the MacArthur-based fans. Well... Yeah, thanks again for your, your text there, Daniel from Prairiewood. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know what what it's going to take, but they, they've got to they've got to commit. They really do, or it's it's pointless taking West Tigers games out to Campbelltown if the fans are not going to turn up. It's ten to three. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday afternoon. Uh, let us know what you're up to. Uh, drop us a text, 0457 736 736. Keep those uh, suggestions coming in too for the new Dolphins team in the NRL. They enter the competition 2023. They have secured a $5 million sponsorship for mm. the front of their jersey. Um, what do you think that should be? We've had quite a few come through. Uh, Shimano Reels, Fisherman's Friends, BCF. SeaWorld, I said maybe P&O Cruises. Um, this one here, Tim the Toolman says, Russian, how good is this Daniel Sturridge? I think that's uh, his name who signed for Perth Glory. Daniel Sturridge, a former Liverpool striker. Here's a question too for our listeners. What is Daniel Sturridge, former North Sydney prop David Fairley, and me, Chris Warren? What do we have in common? I'll tell you next. Well, it's three o'clock on the dot and uh, you are listening to Sports Central. Uh, Chris Warren with you for the next hour or so. Mad Russian is with me as well. We we generally, uh, we, uh, higher ground, we do on a Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right throughout the NRL season. Um, the schedule's changed a bit, chopped a bit here and there, um, but we're still going. We're still going strong. That's right. What have we got coming up? Are we on this week? Yeah, so this week... Because um, I'm losing track. Well, we're off Wednesday. So we're back tomorrow night, 9 okay. till 12, normal spot. There you go, 9 till Wednesday. 12 tomorrow night. And what we do often on a Monday night, um, we have a guess who. Yes. A guess who. Uh, or basically it's 20 questions. So um, I've got 20 questions to ask and I've got to get the answer. It can be, well, it's a, it's a, it's a sporting icon. A sporting icon. Mm. That's, the only, that's the only clue. Or that's the only thing. It has to be a sporting icon. Mm. So you've got one. And I'm going to be asking you. And the clock starts now. Person, place, animal, or thing? Person. Male or female? Male. Dead or alive? Alive. Involved in a ball sport? Ball sport. Is it rugby league? Yes. Currently playing? No. Former kangaroo? Yes. Forward or back? Back. Number one or number seven? No. Number three? Yes. Mal Meninga? No. Number three? Yes. Oh. Um. Mick Cronin? No. Come on, you've still got, you still got nine <sighs> questions. You'll be kicking Kangaroos, yourself. kangaroos, kangaroos. Uh, New South Wales or Queensland? Queensland. Oh, I'm going to be kicking myself. You are I? going to be kicking yourself. I am going to be kicking myself. Come on. Not Mal, You've got to have no. some more questions. Oh, Not Mal. Steve Renoff. Steve Renoff. There we go. God. I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> <laughs> and there's not even any money up for grabs. One minute, ten oh, seconds. That's a pretty poor effort from you, Chris. P- that's You've gone effort, more than half. Minute, than half minute ten. All right, to okay. To someone we talk to on this show regularly. Right, oh, well, I've got one can for I, you. Can, hang on, can I tell you why I picked Steve? The pearl? Because you know I like to tie it into an on this day. What happened? So on this day, this happened. Here comes the try! Renault! Renault scores! First and only try! Debutant player. Beautiful pass. Right onto his chest. And Steve 
Well, there's Rabbi. Rabbi. And the Pearl. Steve Renoff, 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 Renoff. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> uh, he tells the story, doesn't he? Because they weren't quite sure. He just burst onto the scene. There's right. this young 18-year-old. Um, and, oh, boy, what a centre. Uh, won four grand finals, didn't he, under Wayne Bennett at Brisbane Broncos. Um, and I think Sterlow went down to the change rooms and said, he said to Rabs, I'm going down to the change rooms just to get – well, Rabs must have sent Sterlow down. Snorky, go downstairs because uh, Rabs didn't want to get in the in the lift. It was probably at Suncorp or something. Yeah. Uh, and uh, is it Renoff or Renouf? I want you to tell me. Renoff or Renouf? So uh, Snorky's come back with, um, I think, Renouf. Right. But it's actually Renoff. <laughs> anyway, funny, funny. So funny. that game – So that's why he called him both. I so thought. that game, St- um, Pearl's – Debut at Wembley, world record crowd of seventy three thousand. Kangaroos 000, debut Wembley, seventy three thousand six hundred thirty one there, and they that try put them up eight six, and they won at ten six, in a a big Ashes wow. Test match. See Wembley, that's another that's another one of the um boxes you got to tick. Yeah, I'm still what that's old Wembley. Too. I was there I in nineteen ninety nine. It's old Wembley too, which I yeah, no, this is old Wembley. This is old Wembley. Just the old stands and all the stanchions up there in the oh, field. It's the set walk. Quite it's a the way walk. Back. You got to walk for about I don't know half a mile from the train station or mm. more along you know the towers and you walk. and the two the, yeah the twin towers yeah well oh, yeah marvelous uh, ninety nine I was there mm. uh, London Broncos were playing so I was working with the London Broncos yep. at the time and we got absolutely pummeled by Leeds Rhinos. I think to this day, it's the record biggest loss in the Challenge Cup final. Oh, oh, but anyway, we made it there. Yes, yes. We made it there in 1999. 73,000 at a rugby league match in yeah. Great Britain. Yeah. Well, the, the, the world record, Google this. Mm. You reckon the world record rugby league crowd was at ANZ Stadium, the Olympic oh, Stadium? Right. Remember we yeah, had that? What was that, 198 or something? Would have been well, I'm going to tell you no. It wasn't the record. I'm going to tell you 102,000 is right. Somewhere else. Yeah. Where might let that me, have been? Let, let Google. You, you, know, you can Google that. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I huh? think something else might be right, and it might be in the north of England. One yes, Oddsall spot Stadium. On. Spot on. Oddsall I'm a Bradford Bulls. Yes. So very, when was that? Nice. So it was 1954 Challenge Cup replay between Halifax and Warrington. Oh. Drew a world record crowd of 102,575. There you go. To Oddsall Stadium in Bradford, which would have been all standing back but, then. Yeah, yeah Absol- pretty much. Oh, wow. That, wouldn't that be amazing? Pretty much. Oddsall. And Bradford Bulls were a huge force in mm. the Super League era well, 15 years ago. They won a couple of titles. They were... You never. I remember Leslie Vinicolo was playing for them. Um, Oddsall, and it was like a, it's a big bomb crater, right? It's like a massive sort of amphitheater. The way yeah. they build those stadiums in Britain would so have been safe, the, yeah. And but so the sound stays in, yes. And a captured. Can you imagine? Yeah. Try scorer going over. Isn't it funny how, how things stick in your head? I'd forgot that's very I even, well done. I even from, knew that's that very long. well done from you, Chris. For for me, yeah, that's very well. well thank done. you. Very well. Thank you. Um, because I also worked at the Valley. Charlton, Charlton Athletics Athletic. Ground. Yeah, yep. yeah. And so they I have the big work. stand. Yeah, and it's yeah. quite an, an elevated back up. And there's just houses, little old fibro houses right? up around the back fence, mm. you know. Because all these, a lot of these football grounds are mm. right smack bang in the middle mm. of high density yeah. residential areas. Like I work at Brentford Football Club yeah, too, yeah. Griffin Park. Griffin Park. Again, it's It'll just the same. Selhurst Park. 
what's the, okay? Here's 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 one for you. Yeah. What's a a curious stat about Griffin Park that makes it unique? Oh. It'd have to have hosted maybe a football match and a rugby league match on the same day. No, no, something no, like that. No, 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 no. Something about no, the venue it's over over my head. Then okay. I think it's the only football ground in England mm-hmm. with a pub on every corner. <laughs> and True. that is an honour. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh, and, yeah I've got that here. So a pub, a pub on every corner. Griffin Park's well oh, known in football circles. how much I know. Only holds 12,000. Yeah. Tiny ground. Tiny there you ground. go. Tiny ground. Wow, isn't that funny how you remember those things? Uh, anyway, we're just digressing here. What should the Dolphins put on the front of their NRL jersey? They have signed a $5 million deal, reportedly, mm. worth 1.25 mil per year over four years. Now, the other thing I've got to press you on, because you didn't give us the answer before the break, oh. is what Sturridge, you, and... David Fairley, David Fairley, former North Sydney prop, what, Kangaroos prop, St Helens prop. What do you all have in Newcastle common? prop? We're all Virgos. And all Virgos, which more specifically, more specific, yes, we had the same birthday. Is that right? There you go. I, to be fair, am eighteen years older, or maybe nineteen years older now than Daniel Sturridge. Mm. But David Fairley and I, exact same day, exact same hour. Wow. Exact same year. Is that right? Did we you play were, with did we you, were born. Did you play with David? No, I played against him mm. uh in the I tell you where it was. It we played against Gosford High, I reckon he went oh. to. I was with the uh, wow. Parramatta Maris brothers and we made it to the final and it was a very good schoolboy comp way back when. The Red Ben Forbes knockout. And I hated those blades. So you play about eight <laughs> games. You play about eight games in a day. Eight, the carnival. You know, you got, yeah, no, it's yeah. a knockout. So yeah. you, you start and you, to get to the final, you've got to have played about six or seven or eight games. Yeah. And you're, Falling, years, mate, you're walking wounded. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. I remember the final vividly. Yeah. I was strapped up and I, I think I was, had ice packs on me in the final. Is that the one against Jimmy Smith? No, he didn't make the final. Oh. No, we knocked them knocked out. Them. <laughs> That was the Commonwealth Bank Cup final. Oh, different. Okay, sorry. I was digging out the garage the other day too, and I found uh, my old Commonwealth Bank Cup winner's tracksuit. Oh, look at you. I'm going to bring it in (laughs) when when Jimmy's in. He was St. Greg's Campbelltown. No, 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 we beat them. Yeah. We beat them. Mm. So, uh, yeah, David Fairley was playing Red Bend College, and I reckon there was another bloke on on his team Mm. who these days is a very well-known rugby league journalist. Right. He was also playing, I think, with Gosford High. Publication? Against me. The Telegraph? Yes. And? On 360 yes. regularly? Mr. Paul Kent. Yes. There you go. There you go. Isn't it How interesting did we go down this track? I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, we're asking what the sponsor should be for the Dolphins. So we've had some, you know, some good, 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 op- good names there. Suggestion. John West Tuna or Salmon. Yeah. P&O Cruises. Sea World on the Gold Coast. Shimano Reels, which we don't like that one. <laughs> Fisherman's Friend, BCF, um, Bird's Eye. It's good. Eye, huh? I like that. I like this one here too. Uh, this is from uh, Big G. He says, uh, maybe Laurie Putty is the sponsor, and he puts on the front of the Dolphins jersey, bring back the Western Reds. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, are you going to throw one back at me? I've thrown Steve at you. 
Have you got? Oh, when, when do mind? you want to do that? Uh, we can take a break. We might do it after. That take right? a break. I'll come up with a sporting icon. You've got twenty questions. Text in if you want. Chris you to give me one, and I won't look. Beat the clock. You will look. No, I won't. Well, look, I've just. I've closed, got one anyway. I've, I've got one. My screen. Oh, you've got. I've got okay, one. We we'll do break. another twenty questions after the break. Third down and three. Pass is incomplete. Landry was wide open, but Keenum got hit. They're going to go for it on fourth and three. Pass the chip shot field goal, and Keenum is going to get it. That's a fourth down play, so there will be no touchdown. They're going to mark him short anyway, but he got the first down. Not on the sidelines. Keenum keeps, flips, pass, caught, touchdown, Stanton. And Case Keenum did a lot of good on that possession for the Cleveland Browns. Yes, he did. We're going to go stateside now and talk a little bit of American football. And I don't know why I'm, I'm just got morphed into an American accent. It just sort of happens sometimes, doesn't it? Hear the dulcet tones of Joe Buck and yeah. you just want to be him. Yes, I do. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, I do. Uh, week seven of the NFL continues tomorrow morning, our time. And uh, we're going to preview this Sunday night football game, which starts at 11.15 a.m. To do all that for you is uh, the quarterback. Come on in, quarterback. Chris, you need some work on that. Hey, before you start, so I was just saying I was uh, I popped up to um, um, a watering hole yesterday, and I was only there for an hour. Yeah. Two, two bets: we had a we had a third, and then we we we, we had a win on ice bath. Um, and I was telling uh, my dear colleague here, um, Mad Russian, that I've I've got a bit of a, a little kitty now in your your betting app for um, for next weekend. We do, we do. We've got some some money in the bank. We've got some money in the the punting bank, and we'll uh, we'll go and get there again for next Saturday for Derby Day, which is the best day of racing, I think, in Australia. Mm, okay, so we got another leave pass you and the boys here. I mean, you're all married, you lot, so they 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 don't mind letting you out. I guess they probably push you out the door, do they? The ladies, the, the... well, ha- the seven days in a week. 24 hours in a day, mm. we spend, what, six hours down the pub? I think that's okay. <laughs> I think so too. What about Animo, though? I mean, I was just I was saying earlier to uh, to our listeners, you know, the, the, quite a few of, you, of of the group we were in had backed Animo, and it was a long wait, wasn't it? A long wait until it was yep. dismissed. Yeah, the, look, the longer it goes usually means that it's going to be upheld. Usually. And so I've got a conspiracy theory thinking that because it was an overseas horse, they've given it to the overseas horse to make it a, oh. a thing for the overseas horse He's to come next year. He's a conspiracy theorist. Oh, come yeah. on. Yeah. I think Righto, so. uh, I was on very elegant. We both were on we very both elegant. Were. So. We both were. We did our, mm. did our dough on that one. Anyway, we, we pocketed a little bit in the end, so that's good. So I've got a little bit of uh, a little bit to play with. Um, of their money. I've got a bit of their money to play with next uh, on Derby Day. Uh, American football. So Sunday night football games, That, as I said, that starts at quarter past 11 our time tomorrow. It does. And we've got the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers up against the Indianapolis Colts. So the, the 49ers are two and three. They're coming off a bye week. So they've had a week's rest. And they're at home at Santa Clara. Uh, Levi Fields or otherwise Levi Levi's Field, otherwise known as the Field of Jeans. You get it? Levi's yeah, Field. Yeah, you build it, they'll come. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, field of jeans, as in Levi's. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, oh, right. Okay. But yeah. it's all, it's a double yeah. play on words, isn't it? Double play of words. Right. Double play. So, but the Colts are hoping for their third win in a row. Look, they've only, that was their first two wins as well, but they only beat the Miami Dolphins and the Texans. They're playing well, but they won't, it won't be an easy assignment for the boys from the Bay Area mm. in, in terms of San Francisco. So, I'm, I'm, I think it'll be it'll be tough for San Fran. Mm. What is there? I'm hearing there's a bit of forecast heavy rain for kickoff in Santa Clara. How will that affect the it game? It is, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is with with Carson Wentz, he's got a great arm. He's got a cannon for an arm, and he has been playing huge in these last two outings, and that's probably been the reason that they've been winning. He had some big chunk plays last week. He um he had two touchdowns, and he was he's passing rating. He's actually 11.2 yards. That's his uh, that's his average, and uh, he's got a rating of 127.7, which is about the best in the NFL at the moment. So, but the contrasting matchup to that, Chris, is that the Niners' passing defense is the seventh in the NFL, and they only allowed seven yards per play. So, as much as I don't think he'll be airing it out as much, I think that we'll be able to know. You know, the boys from from San Francisco will be. Uh, Really trying to nullify it with their with their passing D. Mm. Is Trey Lance in again or not? No, no, mate. He's had a he had a sprained knee from his first outing, and Jimmy Garoppolo, the, the I guess the the guy who's got the the reins mm. for the I guess foreseeable future now. It's a great um, name, isn't it? Garoppolo, yeah, yeah. He's in a, he's under a lot of pressure though. There's some if, for the for the NFL fans out there. If you look around and have a Google, get on Twitter and have a look at Jimmy Garoppolo and his old teammates. There's been some stuff happening there, and I'm not going to repeat it on air because mm. um, it's uh, it's a little bit controversial. But uh-huh. the thing that's going to affect Jimmy tomorrow is that, that we're going to be out. Well, the 49ers are going to be without their left their left tackle in Trent Williams. Trent Williams is the highest paid left uh, left tackle in football. And for our listeners out there that don't know what that means, the left tackle is the guy that looks up, that looks after the quarterback's blind side. Mm. So he ensures that the rushing defense that are trying to get to the quarterback don't get to him. And he's a fence. He's a he's a very big man. He's a very mobile man. But it looks like he's out. So it's going to be harder for Jimmy G to get to his reads. But he does have one of the quickest reliefs. And I'm sure that the, the head coach of the of the Forty Niners, Cole Shanahan. He'll dial up some short game completions that will get the Niners downfield, but as well, it takes off. It takes time off the clock, takes time off the, the game clock, and that's always keen wet weather footy. So, the biggest thing that um, I think it will come down to, Chris, is the red zone conversions, which they've both struggled with, but the Niners have an edge. Um, and as much as I said, I, I think they'll do it tough. I think they'll win, though. I think the San Francisco Forty Niners will win, and I think they'll win twenty-seven to twenty-one. Mm. All right, so um, what time does that start? Oh, it's 11.15 our time. Our time. Oh, okay. 11.15 our time. So it, it, it starts 5.15 West Coast yeah. in the afternoon, and, it, and it's 8.15 on the East Coast for the Americans. When so are the early starts as, that you get up at the crack of dawn to watch or middle of the night to watch? 4 a.m., mate, 4 a.m. 4 a.m. they start. Mm-hmm. Um, and, look, I, I won't be getting up at that. I'll be getting up at 5. It's my usual get up get up time. But the great thing about... Sunday night football is that you do get. Oh no, no, you don't get. You used to get. That's they do Thursday night football now. Troy Buck and and um, the the quarter the Hall of Fame quarterback and tell me his name. Tony Professor. Romo. 
No, not Tony Romo. No, it's it um. Oh come on! Troy Aikman. There we go. Troy Aikman. There you go. That's you, a Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Is this twenty yeah, questions yeah, we're playing? <laughs> is this beat the clock? No. <laughs> All right, champ. Well, um, but, uh, it'll be a good game, nonetheless. Okay, good as gold. So uh, your your lovely wife gave you a leave pass yesterday. She gives you uh, every Monday morning. You're given an early early leave pass. She pushes you out the door as well for you to go and watch your your American football. Thanks for jumping on the line, quarterback. You look after that kitty, and uh, I'll sh- I'll be sure to get in touch before Derby Day. All right. Well, there's something on a chart in on uh, at four o'clock in the first in Hong Kong that we might today uh, get the bank up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, race we'll... one. Yeah. Race one, number one. Okay. Race one, number one. Chart in. All right. Yep. Okay. We're going to play at four o'clock. Four o'clock. That's just when I come off air. All right. I'll listen to that. Race one, number one. All right, quarterback. Thank you. Goodbye. Pleasure. Bye. <laughs> There is the quarterback talking all things American football and, and other stuff as well. So I've got some some of the folding stuff in his account because I gave him cash yesterday at the pub rather than going to that, uh, what's that machine called? EBT. I didn't want to go there because the queue was too long. So I gave quarterback some cash and quarterback uh, didn't have any cash and we won. So his credits... Carrying over. His credits carrying over. His credits, well, his, his balance in his betting app um, is more healthy than it was. And I've got some of it. So I'll play with their money next, well, at four o'clock. Race That's one, number one. Race oh, one, God, number one. I don't like in. how he does this. <laughs> don't like how he does this. Will there this. be any left by the time oh, you go back well, for Derby well, Day? Well, I didn't really approve that then, did I? <laughs> oh, Officially, you did. did I? I? Think, I think you did. That's the problem. All right. Okay. Uh, well, there you go. We're going to play 20 questions again. Or we get, I'm going to give well, you one. Have a go at me and see. How I'm going to give you one. Uh, we'll do it after the break. Uh, keep those texts coming in. Bondi Jack's been uh, in touch with us. We were talking about that record crowd. Remember the first uh, rugby league event or the sporting event first mm. at uh, the Olympic Stadium? There was a double header, wasn't it, in 1998 or 99? I think it was 99 because it was the year before. Um, yeah, because it was the year before the Olympics. It was 99. Yeah, yeah it was 99. Storm, it was, it was the first ever sporting event. Yeah. And do you know what? So that was my very first time on television in the UK. Is that right? I was anchoring that for Sky Sports. Mm. Very first sporting event at stadium. So it was about 98,000. Or... Were you taking Rabs' commentary? Yes. So yes. Oh, how yes. nice is yeah. that? Yeah. Through to dad for that one. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So how, what was the crowd then for that? Yeah, you spot on. Just short of 108,000. For that, that one. one, so okay, it beats so that the, now. That now, I, so Bondi Jack, Bondi Jack is right. He's very seldom wrong. Bondi no, Jack. He was also saying uh, the Jew boys make it on deck Saturday Arvo. If so, why have Saturday podcasts still not been synced to the higher ground stable? Bondi, I don't know. We'll, I don't know. We well, I wasn't here. No, I was elsewhere. I was otherwise engaged. Well, they, we weren't here on Saturday. No, we is the reason it's not. But on the it came out of Queensland. Yes. So they haven't. Mm. Oh, you want their well, I'd, Bondi you ask wants, Bondi Jack if he wants, uh, Bondi wants Jason Matthews Jason Matthews to go Gibbons into higher ground. And Nathan Gill, well, I don't know if we can do that. Bit of a technicality there. <laughs> Aren't we sort of look up there? Oh, it's not there. There's a sign with higher ground. It's got my face on it. <laughs> no. We, we can have Woogie come in. He can be a guest member yeah, of the, the higher ground stable if that's going to appease Bondi Jack. All right, you're listening to Sports Central, 26 minutes past uh, three. All our podcasts from today, all the interviews, the full show will be up there in about half an hour. You're good, aren't you? You're real good. I promise. We're going to play another edition of 20 Questions next. Come to the front through Samu. They keep it tight. 
It's a narrow attacking channel. McInerney on debut at the back of this one. Getting close. McInerney on debut. Full time. Australia 32. Japan 23. Yeah, so uh, the Wallabies, they, they have a win. Uh, they started really well and they finished really poorly, I guess, is a, a, a summary of the match there. Um, I'm just trying to get the full-time score. It was 32 points to 23. So they are heading off or may have already um, departed Japan, heading for the UK. They'll base themselves in Brighton. If you haven't been to Brighton before, it's a, it's a nice little seaside village, um, not too far out of, out of London. Good for sunbaking? Um, well, yeah, but it's a bit sore because you, you, you lay your towel down and it's all rocks, pebbles. No. So there's like no sand. Black, black pools like that, isn't same, it? That's I think same so. Thing. Same deal. Same mm. deal. Oh, it's even, well, you don't want to go to Blake. <laughs> Brighton's nice. Brighton's quite nice. Mm. Um, former Socceroo fell out of favour there recently. He did. Matthew Ryan. Very good. And that's not our 20 questions, by the way. No, that's not no, our 20 I won't questions. do them that easy. So they'll be there for a, a week. Then they play, uh, then they go to Edinburgh, don't they? And play Scotland, Scotland at Murrayfield. Murrayfield. Yep. Um, when I haven't got a date for that? A couple of weeks' time, anyway. One, Monday, 8th of November. I'll give you the full schedule here. Couple of... Scotland, Murrayfield, 8th of November, our time, at one fifteen in the morning. Then we've got England at Twickenham. Sunday, the, no, uh, mm. the 14th of November at 4.30. And to finish it off nice and easy against Wales at Principality Stadium, uh, formerly the Millennium Stadium. Sunday, November 21 at 4.30am, Chris. Formerly Carter Farms Park. Yes. Well, no, it's well, not. It's had a few sponsors in it. No, that's, no, that's just across the road. Oh, is it? It's the old. Yeah, it's the old one. Carter Farms. It's still there. They're all, big, they're all Next big door famous to stadiums, aren't they? It's Union a good stadium, Millennium Stadium. I went, to a, um, I went to a magic weekend there many, many, many years ago. Mm. Um, uh, just on that, uh, Wallabies fullback, Reese Hodge, a watch on him. Um, he was getting scans. Well, I don't know how he's going to get scans if he's in, in a, on a plane. And you don't want to be flying long haul, do you? Well, it's still long haul with a um, suspected pec injury, soft, soft tissue injury. You, it's the last thing you want to be doing what? is... Uh, Flying. Me and oh. Reese Hodge. What do we have in common? You and Reese Hodge. What do you have in common? Have you got a pec injury? <laughs> I wish. I wish my pecs were that. Same good. birthday? No. Went to the same high school. There you go. Yeah. I was going to, that was my next one. What school was that? Uh, Manly, down in Manly down Boys in, High. Manly in Curl Curl. Ah. It's a mixed school now, but yeah. Both were what do you mean alumni mixed? Of, of Manly. What do you mean mixed? Well, it's not a boys' high school anymore. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. You went to boys' high school. No, I didn't go to a boys' high school. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Oh, right. It, it, was, was, it, it was a boys' high school. Then it was co-ed. And then it's, now it's co-ed. Oh, my God. There you go. Okay. So when you were there. Yes, when I was there. It was? It was co-ed. Oh, co-ed. It's right. Co-ed. So and I, when I, Reese was there, too. So that's been for right, a while. Right, okay. Yeah. I went to a boys' high school. Oh. Yes, yeah. you went to a private boys' no, high no, school. No, 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 not private. No, 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 not private. Just not private. No, 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 oh, okay. just Catholic school. No, okay. no, 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 no. We have, we didn't have that, that sort of coin. <laughs> um, so there you go. Can I have a? Because one does like to moan. Yes. Right. I've been known no, to we, moan. Yeah. Right. I've been known to moan. Can we've I have a moan? We've touched on this before. You're we, with I me think. on this. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I'm. 100%. If you're playing at home, if you're watching Channel 7's coverage of the Women's Big Bash and the Renegades are travelling along quite nicely, actually. They're none for 41 off five, um, chasing down Sydney Sixers' total. But I can't tell you what Sydney Sixers' total is. Can someone please at Channel 7, one of your executive producers, fix your graphics up so you can 
please put the first team that batted what they got? <laughs> Is that too much to ask? We're going to be dealing with this all summer. Oh, come on. I've got, I've got the, bats, the batters out there. I know how many runs they've got off of how many balls. I've got sixes worth three for 14 at same stage. Well, that's great. Can someone please put on your graphic, Channel 7 Sport, can someone please put on there what the batting team got? What the target is. How's that, your maths? So they've got I know, I can, 76 of 88, but they only flash that up too. It's one of those things so they, they need roll 76 through. off 87 balls, right? And they're currently one for 43. So one for 43, add 76, and you'll get work out what they're. I shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> All I want <laughs> is the target <laughs> on there. It's not hard, Mad Rush, and even for you to understand the simplicity no. of this request. Well, especially when the you made that point in the ad break, the, the bar has actually got enough space to have their little sixes were yes. graphic there and still fit the target. I hope That's someone ridiculous. at Channel 7 Sports listening. Yeah. Look, it's it's just simple. I mean, <laughs> it's a simple. It's a simple fix. All the things of us to get Simple fix. Up and you know, I have been in the game for a while. I've, I know all about graphics, Aston machines and all those sort of things. They'll say, oh, there's no room. We can't do that. It can't fire off. And fix it. Rubbish. Rubbish. Yes. Now, uh, if you want to play at home, uh, feel free. We're going to play another edition of 20 Questions. This is Sports Central, by the way, with me, Chris Warren. I'm still Chris, and he's still mad, the mad Russian. Uh, So basically, I'm going to throw a sporting icon at mad Russian. He's got the clock. He's got one minute two to beat. Mm. Pretty poor performance from me earlier on, it must be said. And uh, he's got 20 questions. So let's go. Your time starts now. Person, place, thing. Thing. Oh, that's a good start. Um, is it used in a, a sporting game? A sporting game? Yes. Is it used? No. Well, you've thrown me off with thing here. Sporting icon. Which sport is it associated with? I can't ask. No, you, that. you can't no, really no, ask okay. me that. Is it, you can ask sport? me. Is it sorry? Ball sport. No. Ball sport. No. Athletics. No. Swimming. No. Tough horse racing. Yes. So you're referring to horses as things now? Is that right? No. No. So it's not an actual horse. No. Is it, a, is it a bit of an equipment? No. Is it a a track? No. Getting closer. Is it a, a race? Yes. Is it a race that was run yesterday? No. Is it a race that's going to be run next week? Yes. Is it the Melbourne Cup? Yes. Still beating me. That's the sad yeah. Thing. You threw me off. <laughs> How with long that. was it? How long was it? One minute thirteen seconds. Oh, there you go. You yeah. threw me off with that when you went thing. I was, I knew I was in trouble. An iconic. It's a sporting yeah. icon. I it's like the it. Melbourne Cup, and I, like I was actually. It. it is a thing. It's the cup. Yeah, I was actually I like the, the cup, not the, the race. Cup. But I thought I'd give you the race. Well, the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. Well, the race or the cup? The race is in the name. The mm. cup is in the name. The cup is the trophy. Mm. Mm. Do you, well, are done. you a fan of the Melbourne? As iconic sporting trophies go, are you a fan of the, the three handles on the Melbourne Cup? That's pretty iconic, I think. Oh, yeah. No opinion. 
No, no opinion. No opinion Have you right got a now. favourite sporting trophy? Mm, the Ashes urn. The urn? Yeah. No, no, I don't like the urn, actually. You don't like it's the urn? It's too small. Why does, that, why does everything have to be big? True. Well, okay, so we've got the ice hockey going in the corner here. Yes. You've seen the size of the Stanley, Stanley Cup. Cup. Mm. These guys are six foot, you know. Well, they're, well they're saying built. You'd need a big bugaboo, big pram. Well, put and it exactly. In. They, they, it's absolutely massive. Wouldn't you? You'd need a big pram to put that one in. You know, wheel <laughs> that around. That's pretty iconic. The World Cup. Mm. The Football World Cup. That's a pretty iconic trophy. FA Cup. The FA Cup. Very and iconic. like what other body part is referred to as has got a, a sporting trophy to um to describe a body part? Is like the FA Cup. Oh, yeah. Or the European Cup. Old Big Ears is the, the European Cup. Have you got big ears? Oh. Take your headphones off. Let me have a look. Well you never get to see them. Well you got hair yeah, all over them. Yeah, yeah, I've only got I need a haircut at the moment. Yeah, oh. ears like the FA Cup. I think the World Cup's my favourite. Football World Cup. Beautifully designed. Gold. Well, see, you can do that. 20 questions. Yeah. Sporting icon. A cup. I there win. Well done. I win. Hey, good thing I win. So, well, four o'clock, what was it? Number Race one, number one. Number one, one chart chart in. in. I wonder Sunday how much I've got on it. Ooh, you better be careful there. What's I tell you who would love to play this game mm. is the bloke that knows. Magoo. Magoo. Yeah. You'd have to throw something in left, very left field for that. For Magoo, because mm. he, he knows, mm. right? And I know this bloke, right? Yeah. He was never like um, that studious. Mm. He wasn't an academic, wasn't a bookworm, mm. you know, and probably didn't do any of the homework, <laughs> right? But that's not a, a sign of intelligence. Because he didn't need to. Yeah. Because he already knew. He already knew. <laughs> the bloke that knows, Magoo. <laughs> so I'm going to um, get his details and I've got them and give them to the other the other uh, programs on SEN 1170, the bloke that knows. Coming up to 19 to 4. The 0-1, and this is lifted in the left field. It backs up Brantley. He makes the catch, and the Houston Astros are headed to the World Series. Your 2021 American League champions, the Houston Astros. Yeah, so they're through. Were they were they the expected to, to get through? Yes, they this were the was the same team the other series. day where the bat went flying into the crowd and nearly um, speared a bloke through the chest. That's right. Mm. So yeah, they're through to the World Series. That's a, a big result for them. Their manager Dusty Baker, who's been around for thirty years now, been coaching the last team. Good name, isn't it? Yeah, the last team he took golf. in. <laughs> the last team he took into the World Series was nineteen years ago. Mm. So he's back in the World Series. After nearly two decades, he's um, had a bit of the Ivan Clearies about him. He's got the <laughs> most wins as a manager without winning a World Series. Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker. Isn't that a great baseball? There are some really top baseball names you when you, you go back through. Do you want a dad joke? Oh, yeah. I've got a... Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want a dad joke? Yes, I'd love a dad joke. Why did the Baker have brown hands? I don't know, Chris. Why did the Baker have brown hands? He needed a poo. That's a shocker. That's a shocker. That's a shocker. No, no. That's getting booze today. That's, no. I think it's quite clever. Around the grounds we go, you don't, okay, well, it's not supposed to be a, a comedy show. Um, around the grounds oh, we look, go. they've got hey! the Sixers score up there. Sydney Sixers got four for 118. We have a, uh, a full-size graphic, four for 118. So now we know what the Renegades are chasing. Okay. Uh, what was it? 119 to win. 
119 to win. They are currently one for 60 off eight overs. So they are cruising 59 runs off 72 balls um, with a stack of wickets in hand. So you would think, um, if not for some sort of calamity, that the mm. Melbourne Renegades will go on and win this one. At the same time, uh, the Sixers were three for 25. Wow. Mm. Renegades are one for 61. Good luck, Sixers. They did win their opening two games of the Women's Big Bash. Then they had a loss mm. and... Uh, it looks like they're on the end of another loss as well. Stanley Cup, are we talking? Well, so this is the start of the, the Stanley Cup, the NHL yes. season, and ice hockey in America. So we've got on TV in front of us at the moment, the Seattle Kraken, who are the new franchise this year. It's their home opener against the Vancouver Canucks, who are one of the more historic um, organisations in the NHL. And Seattle led this game 2-1 until the third period, and the Canucks have come with a flurry in the last in that is it, the final hooter there? So the Canucks get out of Seattle, four-two winners. They could be, um, they could be on the front of the Dolphin Canucks. Is that a salmon? Canuck salmon. Yeah, that's a very good point. Actually, I hadn't thought about that. Um, that was Canucks a John, like an orca. Isn't it, it was a John West ad, I think. Mm. Canucks. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. There you go. Yeah. Um, and we just heard the Houston Astros. It's just finished as well in the other side of that draw. The National League. The Atlanta Braves have beaten the. LA Dodgers 4-2 in game six of that series. So they'll take on the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros taking on the Atlanta Braves for the World Series when in the baseball. When does that start? So that'll start, I think. Roughly? Uh, Sorry, I don't want to throw I think you under Tuesday the bus. Tuesday So they generally give them a day or two off. And then game one of that series, I'll get that up. There's nothing worse than someone live on air, right? I TV, know, just radio, throwing just throwing, throwing a, a random question at you and making you sound stupid, is it? you know there? what? I was spot They're on. They're just deflecting their own stupidity. But you know when they do that, don't you? You know what? I was almost spot on. It's Tuesday American time. But that's so why I asked you, because I knew you would know. Wednesday, our time at 11 o'clock, first pitch of the World Series, Chris. Well, it's only played in America. Yeah, it's the World Series. So do you, you want to know the backing of that story? Yeah, go for it. Because I'm trying to just pick uh, pick up the uh, the next to jump at Chartin. Go. Okay, so the World Series was sponsored by the World Newspaper. It used to be the, the right. Championship Series. but So the World Newspaper stopped sponsoring in about 1910, 1911. Like News of the World. News of the World. And so it was the News of the World Series. Oh, was it? Yeah. That's a British paper, though. News of, they must well, have copied uh, it off. It was something. The, Ameri- yeah. the Americans, it was the World Newspaper. And they just kept the name after the sponsors dropped off. So it's been the World Series for about, well, more than 100 years now. Right. In the baseball. And so it goes on that the NBA champions call themselves the world champions and the NFL champions are the world champions, even mm-hmm. though they play just within America with occasionally a Canadian team thrown in here and there. Right. They enjoy doing that. I'll give you a couple of basketball scores too quickly because Paddy Mills played yesterday for the Brooklyn Nets. And he's set a new record. Mm. Went three for three from three-point range after you gave us that update a couple of days ago that he went five seven. for five, or seven for seven, wasn't seven it? Seven from seven. So he's hit his first 10 three-pointers. He's the first, the first ever to do that. First player to hit 10 from 10 from three. Ever. It, to open up a season. Ever's ever. a long time. And they got a big win against a Ben Simmons-less Philadelphia 76ers oh, Are we going to talk yesterday. about this or are we, this is a Ben Simmons-free zone? We can talk about it a little bit if you want. Can I say he's playing the mental health card? I don't, I'm reluctant to yeah. do that because in case, you know. Well, the the team <laughs> questioned yes. that. And now I believe they're well. giving him all the support that he needs. Mm. But I also learn that he's, you know, 
cost himself two point five million mm. in the past few weeks. Yeah. I'm also learning this morning that part of the um, memorandum of understanding or the players, whatever they sign, the collective bargaining agreement, there's also a clause in there that that money cannot be taken from his salary, i.e. he can redeem that mm. if there is mental illness. So, so you know, you can understand people drawing, joining those dots. Yeah. I'm not not saying it is. I'm just saying it looks that way, doesn't it? And that's the that's probably the the broad perception. I hope we're wrong. Is all I'll say. Yeah, and and if it is mental illness, well, yeah, I hope he gets the help that he certainly needs, right? Mm. Uh, and by the way, and, and I'm not trying to trivialise this. No, no, no. It just doesn't look good. No. But it, on mental health and that um, got you for life, guys. Yeah. If you if you, you you heard from Lockie Bruce, he did that big swim yesterday. Amazing effort from him. Twenty five k's from Palm Beach to to Manly in five and a half hours. Uh, well done to him, and he did it for got you for life. So um, yeah, check it out. Check it out. Got you for life. And if if you want to have a chat to someone, there'll be numbers on there you can call and, and get involved. And um, I'll give you the lifeline number right now, 13, 11, 14. If you are struggling with any of that stuff, they've got 24-7 counsellors on the line. You can have a chat yeah. to someone if you need to. There you go. Uh, Big G's been in touch again via text, 0457 736 736. Big G, I don't know what we'd do without you today, brother. Uh, g'day. Yeah, the Vancouver Canucks or Canucks have an orca as an emblem. They do? That's right. So they... Yeah, that's right. That's it, was a, it, was a, it was a John West ad, I'm sure, and um, the Canucks, Canucks salmon, the orcas, they would obviously eat up all the salmon. Well, I think they may have begun life, I'm not sure on this, as the Vancouver orcas. Okay. So I'll, oh, I'll big G double check that. But... Big G all know. Uh, now, the, uh, what's his name? The quarterback said, because he's got some of my cash in his online betting account as of yesterday, and he's going to let it ride uh, in Chartin. Without my express permission, really, um, race one, number one. But I'm looking at it now, and they jump in about seven minutes. Mm. So I'm just looking on this this RaceNet app here. Uh, it hasn't got a price alongside it. All the other horses have got a, a price. It's been scratched. Must must have been scratched. Well, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. So I'll still have something Some in the Some sort tin. of confidence you have in the quarterback there. Well, I don't. That's the point. I've got a price for it here. Chartin, Kaying Spirit. Kaying Spirit, four-year-old Three, gelding. 320, second favourite in the race. Second up. There you go. I think. Yeah, I think you're right too, looking at that form very quickly. So there you go. All right. I'll, I'll be cheering that one home for you. Well, I don't know that I'm on. <laughs> I didn't give permission, but I tell you what, I if it wins, I'm on. <laughs> Is that how it works? Does now. You Does now. You've a problem for yourself because you've, Put that to where? Uh, now, this one here, this text here, uh, Mark. No, it's Chris. I don't know who's calling me Mark. Channel 7 regularly show the team batting second, need 53 from 66, etc. And the score at the moment, can't we easily work it out for yourself what the first team got? Well, not really. I want to look at that and just go, bang, tell me. I don't need to add that up and add that up and they need this off this. No, they should have the score on there. Just tell me what the batting team got. Not hard. 
come on. Uh, no name on that one. Uh, enjoy your shandy after a tough four hours. Uh, do you put a little umbrella in it too? <laughs> Great show here. Thanks very much, Turley. Thank you for listening as well. And it's not a shandy, by the way. I have a little schooner of new with a dash of lemonade in the bottom. Uh, Turley, if you ever find yourself behind the bar, make sure the lemonade goes in the bottom first and don't put it on top with the umbrella. I hope you've enjoyed all that's come our way uh, this afternoon on Sports Central. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon and uh, Sunday evening. We'll be back tomorrow night from nine on Higher Ground. Take care.